Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Bad Dinner Guests. We are without Lou tonight, doing it a little different. We brought back Nate, who you guys all know and love. He's here to talk to us about something besides ghosts this time, but something that he knows just about as well. And we also have uh, our buddy RJ here, who's going to be joining us probably a little bit later when we start talking about some more of the real stuff. But right off the bat, I've got to talk with you, Nathan, about the NBA offseason because I don't have a lot of friends that like sports, and yeah. I've been dying to talk to someone about about what the hell has been going on with that. You know, there are some, some actual real-world things you can talk about there, and you actually shared a link on our Twitter account that – started this whole impromptu podcast here do you do you have that thing in front of you because i don't have it in front of you but i, I love this whole little scenario that you pitched it speaks to my inner conspiracy theorist yeah yeah, yeah. i've got it here yeah. so, um, um basically put here um this, this, this tweet that, that i sent to see um it, it explains a little scenario that could play out um, I don't think this scenario is very likely, but um, for example, it says now that Dwayne Wade has signed with the Bulls, I bet you Hassan Whiteside would be rethinking the contract he agreed to with the Miami Heat. And it goes on to say, what if he decides to pull a DeAndre Jordan and change his mind and sign with a team like the Dallas Mavericks who were offering him a max, which would lead to – the Dallas Mavericks not being able to complete the trade for Andrew Bogut or sign Harrison Barnes to the max, which would mean the Warriors now could not sign Kevin Durant to a max deal. So with Dwayne Wade leaving the Heat, theoretically it could prevent Kevin Durant from uh, signing with the Golden State Warriors. And it also adds this little tidbit at the end. Um, maybe this is what LeBron James and Dwayne Wade were talking about on that private jet that were on together a couple of days ago. Right, which which would be hilarious. I mean, they did uh, – there were a lot of videos out about them partying up. They were clearly having a good time. Uh, again, I, I don't think – the scenario probably isn't likely to play out that way. I just I, because I, someone's going to make that tr- – the, the Mavericks didn't make that trade to help the Cavs out. People are going to want Andrew Bogut. And I cannot, for the life of me, I'm trying to find actually that tweet that you sent so I could share it on the screen. But you've got 10,000 freaking tweets. Oh, that's not even a, that is not even an exaggeration. But no, <laughs> it's, it's that is you literally have 10,000 plus tweets. But would I? I'm not able. To, uh, okay, you got it there. I was gonna say. If you couldn't get it, I, I was wondering if I could present my screen, but uh, I'm not sure if you can, but I can. So that's here, here it is for people to see, so they kind of see what we're talking about. But yeah, it it's definitely possible. Now I'll say I think chances are Hassan Whiteside probably will leave. I would leave if I were in his shoes. Oh yeah. Uh, Harrison Barnes is going to get his money from somewhere. I don't know why. But people keep wanting to offer him a max deal, and the uh, 
like I said, like I said about the Andrew Bogut thing, there, there centers, good centers are so rare in the NBA. Somebody's going to make that trade, especially when you consider the fact that the Warriors are just giving him away to make space. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to take him, and all you have to do is pay his contract, that's going to happen. So this this scenario won't happen where Kevin Durant won't end up with the Warriors. But it is a fun little sports conspiracy. I love the the sports conspiracy. Pardon me, the sports conspiracy theories. You know that uh, the idea we well we tried. Lou and I each both tried to predict how the finals would play out because we believe that the NBA is rigged um, to an extent. Again, I I don't necessarily believe that any one thing can be controlled from from beginning to end. But if you watch. Well. Well, I'm just going to use probably the one of the more famous examples of um, what people why consider the NBA uh, rigged. You know, with the 2002 Western Conference Finals versus Lakers Game Six, where the Lakers now I'd have to pull it up for the exact stats, but I believe they um, shot like. I can't remember the. I'm pulling it up, and I can't remember exactly um, the amount that they shot in Game Six. Where is it at? Uh, Yeah, the Lakers shot 27 free throws in the quarter alone, 40 overall, and uh, the Kings big men. Divock, however, Scott Pollard, and uh, Thunderbird all got, got a combined 20 fouls. So, um, you know, that's that's a lot of people think to that one specifically as a, you know, rigging. Yeah, and that it's it's hilarious if you type in 2002 and we, it is the first thing that pops up is Western Conference Finals Game Six. So it's it's a pretty popular one. There are those that think this year's finals was either rigged or that Curry may have thrown the finals. I don't believe that. If you look at some of the foul calls and stuff, though, towards the end of that series, it does kind of seem, whether it was home or away, it seemed like the the Cavs kind of caught almost every break. And once again, you don't have to just take our word for it and I wouldn't ever take my word for anything I would always do your own research but there are tons of YouTube videos out already where you can kind of look at that stuff and whereas uh, and I could see why it would be done because the idea of if the if the refs can handle a game and the reason I pulled up this article that's on the screen is to remind everybody that it is a fact that referees have gotten in trouble for fixing games for instance, I went to a small Mac school, uh, just throw it out there, I went to Toledo, where both football and basketball players got caught fixing games. And, you know, yeah. there's the whole Boston College event that most uh, most Goodfellas fans don't realize that Hank, Henry Hill and those guys also helped fix college basketball games. They mention it briefly in the movie. It's mentioned for about half a second. Are you familiar? Are you familiar with with Goodfellas? Um, to be honest, I've never seen Goodfellas, but I know the premise of of the uh, Boston College uh, 
point shaving uh, scandal, which is, you know, the big, I mean, that's the big thing that Goodfellas talked about. Um, I mean, it's obviously not what the movie's about, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's a throwaway line. It's, uh, yeah. there's a character, for those of you that are familiar with the movie, you should go back and, and, and listen to this. Because one of the things about that movie is it, you know, it's based off of a book that was written. I mean, someone wrote it for Henry Hill, but it was essentially written uh, by Henry Hill. And there's this throwaway line towards the end when, when they kill more. Spoiler alert, uh, if you haven't seen Goodfellas yet, Nathan, that's on you. But uh, when they, when that's all right. That's all right. He sits down in the front seat, and all you hear are, did you hear about those points we've been shaving up in Boston? And that's the only, th and then he gets a screwdriver, an ice pick, right through the back of his skull. And, uh, but it's, it's just funny because that was actually a, a big part, a big deal in, in real life. That was actually a big court case. And, uh, if you take down Jimmy, which, you know, had gotten away with the Lufthansa heist. And, uh, so just to, to kind of bring it back a little bit towards what we were talking about, you know, you have the Don the Donaghy, Donaghy allegations uh games have been fixed before and it, it sort of goes back to the idea you might not have seen this uh nathan i, I titled this episode bread and circuses for a reason um are you familiar with that term uh no but uh ran well not random uh lou i think is trying to call in he is oh okay well as i explain to you what uh Shoot, where can I? I gotta get him back in here. Um, yeah, so bread and circuses essentially is what was done in the like. So, a lot of people don't know that the Roman games, uh, the gladiator games were fixed. Uh, bread and circuses is the, the idea that the Romans had, which was essentially keep everybody occupied and entertained, and they won't really care or pay attention to anything that's going on which I believe has been a tactic that is still used to this day. I mean, a lot of people... Oh, I believe it. Because they're, like, for instance, I've only been around since the 80s. So I only know a world where there are big um, stadiums and baseball games and all that stuff, but there was a time in history where that was thought to be absurd. You know, games were for children to play to learn some life skills. I mean, it was... Yeah. Uh, I believe it was H.G. Wells was the first guy to write that one day there will be stadiums filled with screaming fans at sporting events. And everybody thought he was nuts because at that time only children play sports. And so you were trying to chime in here? Oh, yeah. yeah. I was just going to bring up, like, the reason football started at some of the major colleges, like the what are the elitist colleges like Harvard, Yale, all of that stuff there is because of what they thought of as the pussification occurring where they thought because men weren't going to war and killing men that they weren't going to grow up properly. It was never about the fan. That's a football. I'm not a big basketball fan to really know its history there. But, yeah, with football, the major reason it was pushed into those colleges and stuff is they were afraid that their sons were going to school and getting educated but pussified. So they brought in the football there so they could beat up on each other and learn how to be men. Now, is that is that term, I love that term you're using, Pussified. Is that is that an RJ original term, or was that what they I actually used? stole it. I probably <laughs> definitely stole that term from somebody. It probably wasn't from that era. <laughs> but I really would like to think of like 
our forebears using Pussified. <laughs> Pussified, yeah. Uh, I, I, we're just going to go with it. There, enough of our history has been made up anyway. We're just going to add that <laughs> into American history that it was to combat pussification. <laughs> <laughs> but in this, so, and actually, I know we were supposed to talk a lot about the NBA free agency here, and I'm kind of just going to maybe take us on a little tangent, Nathan, if that's all right with you, because I, I, I like talking about this whole idea of not necessarily that sports are, are rigged, but that they are there in that they are there in part to just sort of distract us. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely agree with that. with that. Yeah, it, because it, it is insane. Um, and the other element to it that, that gets brought up often is uh, by uh, Alan Watt, who's one of my favorite guys to listen to, a very, very intelligent man. I, I highly suggest anybody – that's listening, just go ahead and YouTube him when you're done. Just listen to a couple of things he has to say. Very smart man. He brought up the whole tribal aspect of it. So I personally, I look at this world and I I see that no matter what you're doing, what you are, it's, it's, it's an us versus the world mentality. You know, whether some, with some people it's race, with, with some people it's a political party. And it's just there are so many different ways to divide us and keep us at odds with each other. And sports is just another way to do that. Like, look at go, – go to New York and watch uh, late at night and watch a drunken Red Sox fan get in a fist fight with a Yankees fan. Like, it, it, it's, it's legit. It's, it gets evil. Like, look at, look at all the talk uh, just about, let's say, this NBA Finals or – Look at how many people were talking about the fact that Kevin Durant decided to sign a big contract and go to the Golden State Warriors. Like, at the end of the day, this should not fucking matter to anyone. I mean, matter to any of us. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, just Just people burning jerseys because a player left. Like, that's another example. Like, that's just just so stupid. I mean... First of all, you pay, pay, the, those jerseys do not, you know, they're not. Huge. So to pay that and then just, what, what is the point? I mean, you've been hitting on your whole thing. Yeah, and, and so that that was one of the first things that, that popped up into my mind when he did make this signing was, because there was this guy, uh, his name is Nick Wright. I quoted him on Twitter the day that he, because he said this a week before the uh, that Kevin Durant decision came in, and he was saying what Kevin Durant should do is sign with Golden State and turn heel, which I thought was hilarious because he used a wrestling term, and I've gotten to the point where I sort of consider most professional sports to be exactly what wrestling is, which is just sports entertainment. Where so yeah, you can't you can't argue to me that those wrestlers are not slamming each other on the mat. They absolutely are. But still, some of it, most of it in wrestling has been scripted. And so for this guy to point out, well, you know, I was, that. I, this, uh, this, uh, this is something with something. me, and this is not really relevant to the topic. But I would like to point out, that's not really wrestling. We're going to be on. Well, yeah. Well, okay. That's why I, I called it wrestling entertainment. I mean, give yeah. me some credit. But. Um, 
Oh, shoot. I forget where I was going with that. Um, yeah, so the, one of the first thoughts that popped into my head when Kevin Durant made this signing was, oh, man, like the, the NBA has to be so happy about this because, A, it's they're, they're finally starting to compete and maybe beat the NFL in that game of who's talking about us more. And secondly, just all those jersey sales. And that's the other thing. The NBA loves the fact that we're wasting any of our time talking about this because no matter what, uh, for instance, I'll give you a, a for instance in this example. My I have a a really close friend, essentially an older brother to me. I'm from Indiana, as as you are, Nathan, and oh, yeah. he, we I grew up a, a diehard Pacers fan. So way back way back when I believe it was 2000 when the Pacers actually went to the finals, and they got whooped by a Lakers team that should have whooped them. He at that point from that day forward has said the NBA is rigged, they'll only let big markets win, yada, 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 all that good stuff. Mind you, that dude has watched every single Pacers game since then. So they don't really care, e even if let's let's say in the for instance that, yes, it's true, sports are rigged. I don't even necessarily think that they care who would know that because it's not going to be enough people that would listen. And also it's just it's another part of it. More people talk about it, they still go out. And people want to complain about the salary cap going up and guys making hundreds of millions of dollars, but yet you'll still go and pay that 90 bucks to go watch a regular season basketball game. It, it, it sort of blows my mind, especially when I think of who I was as a kid. Nathan, you know me very well. I was only about sports for about the first 20 years of my life. It's all I gave a shit about. And now I look at it and I'm like, how in the hell did I focus on this puny little aspect for so long. It's it, easy. It, it, yeah, okay. Um, and it's just an easy thing for you to focus on, though, and it's tribalism at its core, but as humans, we're naturally tribal, and if you try to fight against that, you lose. True. But talking about the sports as a whole being only there to serve and to promote tribalism and us versus them, I don't personally see that so much as government propaganda or control or any any sub-powers control over those sports, per se, to keep you distracted so much as it's our tendency. No matter what, we're going to go to those things. And the healthiest thing out there right now is sports for that. I mean, the amount of violence that actually happens in sporting event is minimal. But we don't have us versus Cambridge, Ohio. Yeah. You know, so we need something there. Um, just every animal, it, it segregates itself. I mean, there's flocks of birds that fight each other of the same species. It's just throughout. Um, we choose to throw our dollars at it because that's what we all automatically not only want to do. I didn't mean to pull away from the basketball topic. No, there, I, no, that don't. No, this that's what is that's what I love about this. That's why we have a loose structure because wherever the conversation takes us, then that's where we go with it. And I. I will say that I like the idea that you, you brought up a great counterpoint because it's very easy when you discuss anything to just get sort of locked into what you already believe. We've talked about this before. Cognitive dis dissonance is a son of a bitch. Yeah. And it takes a lot to prove your path, to, to pull you out of your previous conditioning. And so, Whereas I wouldn't take it to the step where I think that the government is controlling sports. I do think that on one end it is helping to contribute to this tribalism. But like you said, as far as things go that separate us, it's probably the best thing around that separates us. You know, right. 
I'd rather have two. I'd rather see two guys getting a bar argument over Lakers versus Celtics than I'd rather than see <laughs> yeah, a race fight. Exactly. Yeah, it's so, moved that way slowly over time. Like if I go to a customer's house and they love the Browns and I said fuck the Browns, they laugh it off and go, "Oh, you must be a Steelers fan." They don't take me in the backyard and string me up. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> exactly. And so, and and I don't mean to. I, I hope I'm not coming off as like uh, sports are an evil thing. I just. In my recent away, RJ, you might not know this, Nathan, you know this. I was in a major accident a couple years ago, um, and I had a lot of time, too much time, to just sit and think. And, of course, naturally what I had started doing, um, I, I, was, I started out with writing. And when I write, it's important that I know everything that I'm writing about. So I got into research. And, I, and so my research then took me down a rabbit hole. And it kind of opened up my perspective, and it's just—it seems to me that that sports are just a, can be a huge distraction. Like there are guys that make thousands of dollars a year just to write one sports article a day. Which again, like we're gonna spend our money somewhere. It's just—it uh, was one of those like uh, plunging your head into a cold bathtub, right. or you know, the, the reference like you know when the glass shatters around you, and you're just kind of like. Yeah. You know, and, and what the hell have I been doing? The wool's been pulled over my eyes, but it, it yeah, it's not it's not a bad thing. And but so in when it comes to just other things in general, I have felt we were talking about this earlier. And Nathan, I don't know. How, we'll see. I'll just ask you a question. All right. So the Matrix, the movie, the Matrix. Does your life at any point start to feel like you're just that maybe the Matrix wasn't so fictional? You know, I'm trying to find find like a reasonable way to phrase this. <laughs> Does it ever do you kind of feel like uh, Stephen Hawking came out? You don't have to be so embarrassed to like say it as a theory that exists out there. I mean, Stephen Hawking even said that's just as likely as God. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's out there. It's real. Oh, no, I, I would say no in terms of that. But, I mean, I do feel like, especially the job I do, um, social work, um, dealing with government shit, I, I don't feel like, what is the point in doing this sometimes? I mean, half the time parents don't care. And it's just like, what, what is the point? But, you know, I know that's way off topic of uh, that. But, um, in terms of matrix, no, not really. Fair, fair enough. And that, so the, where I was kind of going, and for the record, you don't have to apologize for going off topic. I specifically put in the description that tonight we'd talk about whatever the hell we felt like, um, just to give people that disclaimer. So I, um, what, what I've, just sort of felt recently was that, and uh, I just, I felt recently, it seems like almost everything that's going on right now seems to be just agitating everyone. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So the, the last, over the last few months, it seemed like there, there is, no matter who you are in America right now, you probably have something that pisses you off about your current situation. 
Oh no, man! I'm I'm perfectly good here. You're good. You're, you're sitting pretty. Okay. No, I'm there okay. you go. Burst my bubble right out the gate. <laughs> I'm sure, it's a 401k. But honestly, no, for real, I I do agree with you on that. I mean, yeah. Okay. You want, you want to say something? No, I don't okay. really have much to add to that. Oh, um, yeah, everybody's <laughs> missed about something, and then it got me thinking. I was, um, what was, we were, we were doing some some research, Lou and I were doing some research on last week's topic when we talked a little bit about, um, it wasn't essentially, we didn't go as far as I wanted to go as far as talking about the methods of mind control, because when people hear mind control, they... They instantly tell you to put your tinfoil hat on and they start talking about, you know, the fantasy world and science fiction and all that. But what I was suggesting is that mind control, there's some different levels to it. Like, for instance, Nathan, whatever you do, do not think about a banana right now. Did you think about one? Did one pop in your head? No. No, no it didn't? No. Nope. Really? Yeah. Every other person I've done that with, the first they said the first thing that popped into their head when I said don't think about a banana, they're like fucker. You just know? naturally, like you have to think about a banana because you said banana. That's how your brain works. It has to work that word through, create an image of it, and then explain to you why it was used in a sentence. There's no way it can't. But if you continue thinking about bananas, that's yeah. a little different. And, and so, and, the, and that's a really, really simple. I might, I might be guilty of using a bad. Uh, example here but so what I'm sort of going where I'm going with that is the the idea that you know I don't know about you guys I don't understand my subconscious I've read this book um, not finished with it yet I started reading thinking fast and slow by Daniel Kahneman it's about the two halves of the brain and how they function together and sort of it actually it gives you a disclaimer saying Whatever you do, if you read this book and you find yourself trying to trick your own mind, stop it right now, you know, because you're going to get yourself in some trouble. But, the, you know, the, we all know that there are two parts of the brain that do different things. Like, for instance, uh, when you've been driving down the road for 45 minutes and then all of a sudden you have that moment where you're like, I don't remember the last 20 miles, okay? So essentially what happens there is... One side of the, your reactionary side of your brain, the, the thing that makes you run when you see a bear or dodge a car that pulls out in front of you, you that's in, that part of the brain is in control right now. So the conscious mind, it takes, according to this book, it takes about 20 seconds for the mind to properly take in a thought and have conscious decisions towards it. And anything before that is sort of your just your, your knee jerk. And so... If you think about it, if, if you can be under that sort of, just under one side of your brain for 20 minutes of a drive, you know, it, it, it just kind of lets you know that you don't nearly have as much control over even your own brain as you would like to believe. There's a great quote that I do not know who authored, but the, the quote goes, I used to think my, the brain was the most important organ and the smartest organ in my body, and then I remembered who was giving me that information. <laughs> you know? And so, it's and where I was going with the banana thing is, I don't think that we can really control our subconscious. So, for instance, the subconscious hears, don't think banana, but it, I don't think the subconscious can differentiate between do and don't. I think it simply has to take, like you said, RJ, it has to take in all the information 
And so, and that's where we were going into subliminal messaging and symbolism and all that stuff. And, and I've, I've sort of regressed here a little bit, but as, as it pertains to this topic, there is sort of, there are times where I feel that we as a people, through different means, different mediums, are, are sort of all being pushed towards aggression. The, uh, I listen to Clyde Lewis a lot. Ground Zero Media, he's a conspiracy theorist. I, I hate to use that term even just because it's got such a negative response these days, but it's it, it essentially what it is. He calls it a paranormal and parapolitical radio show, So, but he's not afraid. The other thing is, is he is a devout Christian, so you know it, it won't go a certain direction. Devout Christian devouts the paranormal. Yeah. Yeah, I they, those, that fits those, in Genesis, those are out there. I, I, I tell you, they're out there. I that's, believe you. And that's one of the reasons that I, I can't, and I think he's a great man. I don't mean to speak badly about him. I do listen to him a lot. But one of the reasons I take everything he says with a grain of salt is we aren't based on the same belief system. What he believes is 100% true. I have a lot of doubt. And RJ and I have talked about this before. I've had some very negative experiences in, in a Christian church that leads me to believe that it's oh, not all that is cracked up. Oh, yeah. You've, you've, you've told them. Well, you told me a one or two of them. Did I, did I tell you about the time I was seven and a bunch of people were speaking in tongues around me? Yeah, you told me that one. Yeah, okay. And I began to mimic their sounds, and then everyone reacted to what I was doing as if something amazing was happening. Also, I apologize for that extra side noise. We have a really, really anxious dog that apparently has been in his crate all day he's just he's just just busted through the door so i, I apologize to the dog were you, were you done with that thought yeah okay. for sure what was it you said we're saying that every person was seeking or you were somewhere along those lines that, that we were all were looking for something what was it oh um oh i don't know if i said that we were all looking i, I said i felt we were all being pushed towards aggression okay so yeah aggression what pushed just by our own chemistry and our own brain Yeah, yeah, I think it, it's in, that's part of who we are. I mean, it's sort of that reptilian side of your brain, you know, it's very territorial. And again, there's not really anything that you can do about that except sort of recognize it when you see it in yourself. But yeah. what, what I was saying with the, uh, with the, with the aggression there, and that's why I mentioned Clyde, because he, and I'm not, Again, I'm not saying that I believe this. I just think it's good to consider any and all options when you're talking about life. I've learned enough over time to know that you don't, we don't know shit. We don't know half of what we think we know. So for me, if it's in the realm of possibility, I'm not going to rule it out. So the, the conspiracy theorist idea is that whoever it is that's pulling all of our strings would really, really like an agitated world that will sort of kind of bite the hand that feeds. There, there's this theory going around that that people in high places would love a second civil war because then that would give reason for martial law and a sort of one world government. Or, I mean, that's taking it, that's, that's going the Alex Jones route if you want to go all the way up to globalists. But let's say, for instance, you're a person who believes that the president or the next president is going to take your guns. Then you might believe that all of this violence and all of this hatred and anger that's going around is to get you riled up enough to try to do something about it. But since you're, since we as individuals are all so simple and animalistic that what you may decide to do is take matters in your own hands. And once you've done that, once a civilian fires that first shot, then we are all fucked. <laughs> we are all just bent over. Um, 
And it, and it could go the other way too. It, it, and that's the thing that gets me about potential social engineering is that it, we're, we're different. So all three of us will react to something differently. So who's to say that something, let's say we all three receive the same information. We could react in completely different ways, but still get to the same point. And, right. what, and what I'm saying is with that is the, uh, the change.org and the moveon.org, uh, they have started a petition asking for emergency electoral assistance from the UN for this upcoming, uh, for this upcoming election. And so again, that kind of, and there's also people in certain movements that are calling for martial law to come in play so we can take out terrorist attacks. There are actually people going out calling for martial law and you guys know enough about me to know that to me that's like my biggest nightmare. Martial law? Yeah. Okay. The, <laughs> the, the bigger the government, the scared, the more scared I am of it. And that's completely why I'm pro-Brexit for that reason alone. It's not really even economical, it's just personal liberty and getting it closer to the individual. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah, let's tell you. want to talk Brexit for a minute? A little, uh, yeah. Just a little. Nathan, what, what are your thoughts on the Brexit? I, I would love to hear what you think about it. Um, you know, and that, like I've told you in a, a previous conversations, I don't think it was necessarily uh, done for the right thing. Um, because a lot of it is, you know, what's the word? Nationalism. Uh, why am I forgetting this word? Um, basically, nationalism and, and fear of refugees and stuff. And, um, you know, the pro Brexit side, I think, lead to that a lot. And, you know, that's what we ended up with. Um, now, I think. They're, you know, they're going to have a tough time. I, I, you know, I personally think, especially economically, um, you know, they're going to be involved. There's, I still think they're going to be involved with the EU in terms of like, you know, I, you know, trading partners and, and stuff in terms of the economy. But, you know, they're going to have to put up with policies that they're not going to have any in whatsoever. Um, so I don't know that was necessarily economically a good decision um you know but i i, I see it you know because the way the world is right now um how you know unfortunately people you know don't a lot of people don't do thinking for themselves and, um you know they have the thoughts to blame things and apply that stereotype to the people and, you know, that's what we have right now, unfortunately. So I can definitely, I definitely see it, but I don't agree with it. Okay, so you, so you don't agree with it. I, I am, I was for it before the vote for the same reasons that RJ said. Not, I knew you had, so anybody who voted for this and didn't think there would be short-term financial issues with it, didn't know what was going on. And that's one of the biggest problems I had with this was that all of a sudden there seemed to be this remorse afterwards where all these people were talking about like, oh, I wish I would have changed my vote. Or at least that's how it was portrayed to me. It's the people in news found were saying that. Yeah, I don't the, know how many people were actually on board with that. And if there were, though, why Why are those, even those few people, why did you vote on it if you didn't know what was going to happen? 
think part of the system I mean, that exists. But exactly, I mean, this is my problem with politics in general today. Is like, let's take us, the United States, for an example. Once every four years, everybody and their dad is has a political opinion, and they think they know what's best, and they they want to have that right. And everyone should have that right to vote. I think. We are one of the few countries in the world in which Election Day is not a national holiday, and I think that's a joke. I think that's done. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't want to say it's done on purpose so that certain parties can't vote, but I don't I don't see why we couldn't do that. If we're going to have a holiday on Washington's birthday, then <laughs> why not just celebrate George Washington on Election Day? Or oh, you know, why like, is it the 4th of July? Yeah, yeah exactly. We have enough national holidays where let's just vote during one of them. You know, yeah. give us a chance, and especially that's another thing. Independence Day is not chime even. In real quick. Yeah, chime in. Um, um as an example, it's not holiday, but as an example, um, here in Bloomington, um, schools are, are actually closed. Um, now that may be because they get schools as polling places. Some schools, but uh, they actually close schools. Um, when there's you know whether it's a primary or it's the general election or you know, some special runoff election. Um, you know, and th that's, that's this is the only place I've ever seen that. So, um, and by the way, the word I was looking for was uh, xenophobia. Yeah, there you I go. I was going to say that, but I wasn't sure if that was right or if that was the fear of Jews, and I didn't want to interject that and be wrong. <laughs> but uh, if you're done with that thought, um, on the Brexit, uh, the entire thing you're talking about mind control and controlling population through everything. To me, what that looks like, and yeah, they use xenophobia a whole lot, but I, I feel like that was somebody taking advantage of the feeling they already saw was there and using it to their, to for their means. So they saw that and they were like, well, we'll get those people on board. I don't think they produced that amount of xenophobia. I think it was already there. Nobody likes foreigners moving in beside them. Nobody likes a new neighbor, a new roommate, nothing like that. So I don't really think it's like control, but do the ends justify the means with that would be the huge question. Is the use of the xenophobia going to lead to more autonomy? And of course the pound's going to fall, but it was on a downward trajectory before the Brexit. And what, like two weeks later, it's above where it was two weeks before the Brexit occurred. And nothing even happens until Article 50 is enacted, which won't even get enacted for another two months. So anything the markets are doing right now are completely based off of fear or hope. Or what have you. Right, exactly. And that's why that's why I have this uh, this article pulled up so that people can see it just so they'll do their own research. There are quite a few more things that need to happen before Brexit is even legitimate. And and that's something oh, oh, man, those dogs are gonna stop. You got you guys might have to tag in for me here for a second. I'm have to go that's tribalism on the most animalistic scale. Yeah. Exactly. They're just trying to chime in their opinion, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's probably they're just barking at some foreigners, you know, telling them to go back where they came from. Oh, I'm sorry, my dog's not like that. I don't I don't know what he thinks. <laughs> I shouldn't put him in a box like that. I don't know what he's thinking. But um man, they really threw me off there for a second. But I guess it's a perfect example, a perfect time to think of what we want to talk about next. Uh, Nathan, you had yeah, well, those those articles that you brought up before we went live, did any of that stuff that you want to bring up? I don't know. I don't want to make you talk about something if you don't want to talk about it. But um, real real quick before uh, um, we we move on from this Brexit, 
Um, I'm looking at, at now it's finance, but um, it's I'm looking at the trajectory in terms of you know, the uh, currency exchange, and it's it's not really uh, I don't I don't know what a RJ small, but you know it's not really shot up since. Uh, since the you know announcement of Brexit, so maybe you know, and like I said, it's Yahoo Finance, so take it as it is. But um. well, that's just like, uh, for instance, it's it's been reported that Google is is doing what it can to keep certain Hillary Clinton related searches from popping up on your Google search when you type it in. Um, again, that. I haven't done my own research on that. That is, I heard a clip of a newscast that was put into a podcast, if that makes sense. So I can't even tell you what news channel it came from. I just, it was a report. I heard the report and I thought I'd mention that because it just be, just because of what you said about, yeah, it's just Yahoo Finance, take it for what it is. Because that, at the end of the day, that's sort of what we're subjected to. And that's another thing, if I can go way backwards for a second and talk about our brain and how they work, we are, for whatever reason, programmed to believe things that we read and see on TV a little bit more. Like when we, when we transfer our, when our, when our certain brain waves start kicking, the brain reacts differently to different things. Like, have you ever noticed, uh, Nathan, have you ever been really into a TV show and had a roommate or a friend walk up and they've maybe, they start a conversation without knowing that you aren't invested in it. And then they might go on for one or two minutes and then all of a sudden you're just like, wait, huh? And you, you know, you were just locked in, locked in on those, on, I wish, I believe it's the, uh, the beta, but I, I don't want to, whatever. I, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Um, I, uh, Wait, what is this? This is the the chart I was showing oh, okay. about, and there is a where did it go? There's a picture behind it. It's highly politicized, but that's an actual graph of the stock market. There we and go. You can definitely see the point of the Brexit. It was already on its way down, and then one week later, it's above where it had been in the past couple weeks. Okay. Um, Do you know where this came from? Uh, you could Google that index to find out exactly. Got it. Got it. Well, I will. We'll. But yeah, well, I yeah, I found that really interesting because it definitely shows. That is, and I, and I want to fact check that. That's why I can't wait. We actually have somebody lined up that's willing to be a producer for us on this, and I can't wait to have him involved because then he can be on another computer and actually fact check this uh, right now for us. But it's it's good to have – we've got both ends of it. So, Nathan, your research doesn't say this. RJ's research does, and so, you know – one way or the other, we'll, we'll have to get it figured out. But if, if this holds true, and this is the sort of thing that we're, we were talking about. This was this was a knee jerk right here, the, 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 the complete down. Uh, You're going to see that for the next two years, though, is what my thing is with the Brexit. And it's definitely going to be the the kicking. What is, I can't think of the word either. You thought, couldn't think of xenophobia. I can't think of this one. But it's definitely going to be used as a reason for every single problem Europe faces for the next two years because mandatorily they have to go into a two-year negotiation with the European Union to figure out all their trade deals. 
Um, what everybody's acting like is that they won't be able to figure them out. But Switzerland already wants a trade deal with them. Japan already wants a trade deal with them. All these countries that were left out of the EU or hated the EU because of their crazy regulations. Do you know you couldn't buy a digital camera that could record more than, I think, 30 minutes of video? Really? In Europe without paying, like, extra, I think it was 12, what is equivalent to $1,200 in U.S. money in taxes. And that's the reason why a Canon camera that's completely capable of recording in 1080p could only be used for 30 seconds of video or to take pictures without being hacked. It was completely over taxes. So I get it was started over xenophobia, but there's so many little things like that that businessmen hate it, fucking hate it. And you're going to see things like that changing, I would hope, and I think that I really hope that's the reason to use the xenophobia and stuff like that to push people over the edge. Right. Because I refuse to believe 51% of Europe is xenophobic. There's no way you're going to convince me that. Maybe 15%, maybe 20%. There's a large portion of them that had to have voted because of these things. Because of the fact that France kept them from being able to build a car with windshields that could help pedestrians not get killed when they're hit by cars because of some of the regulation that France had. Right. That's like us in Texas or us in Canada or anything like that. Right. Being able to dictate their own laws. And and my one thought on on, on what you said when it came to... uh, People already wanting to make deals with them. Like, let's let's be real. When it comes to, and I don't have the stats laid out in front of me, but when it comes to trade, England's up there. I mean, they're one of the big boys. There is no way that the rest of the world is just going to be like, oh yeah, we're going to just not do business with these guys because <laughs> because they're not in the EU. No, they'll just have their EU deal, and they'll have their separate deal with with England. So I, I just I don't. Yeah, I, I will. I, I have this uh, this graph it's um, it it breaks down like uh, you know up through the secret vote but it breaks down like by what would be precincts it's not really precincts it's just specific areas and I find it interesting that um, Northern Ireland and Scotland like it's completely blue which in in this map was voting remain and. Basically, everywhere else in England, well, just in England, other than around, kind of around London, and then a few spots here and there on the east or the uh, west side, and the uh, a little bit in the north. You know, basically, it's it's you know bright red here. So, you know, I, I find that interesting because it it you know Scotland recently had a vote for you know independence. Um, and you know, obviously, it, it didn't pass. But a lot of people um, like to talk now that this could lead to you know another independence vote um, because Scotland much re- much would like to remain in the European Union. So you know, it's it's definitely got a lot a lot of consequences. You know, whether they're positive or negative, um, that could play out from this. Yeah. Yeah. That- Absolutely. If you get a chance, if you're on your computer, just send me that. Send me that on Facebook Messenger, and I'll be able to pull it up and put it on the screen, so that way we can see what you're talking about. It would be awesome to have that fact checker coming in, because the first thing that comes to my mind is why do they want to stay with the EU? And I would assume it's the same reason Greece would want to stay with the EU. That's their fucking IV. That's their lifeline. They don't export enough. They don't have enough going on mm-hmm. to want out of it. When you're other than Germany and Brussels who run the shit, when you're they're the only other place that I can think of off the top of my head that's bleeding out right now to support the rest of it. And 
I would be interested to see if Scotland has a huge trade deficit or if they, they don't, and I frankly don't know that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know it either. Um, myself, um, but I also would like to point out, and I told you this in a, a text a while ago, Kevin. But um, basically, you know, the people that have to deal with the fallout the longest um, tended to vote Remain, um, and I have a stat here. Um, 75% of voters age 24 and under voted against Brexit. Now, it's from uh, Politico uh, Europe. So, you know, just to give you the, the source there. Right. And that and that was one of the big, that was one of the immediate dialogues that came out. Again, as RJ said, it's all about who the newscasters choose to interview and talk to. But it was really, they attempted to paint a picture that this was the old versus the young, at least a lot, a lot of the things that I ran into, they would have just the most racist old guys <laughs> on there. Like le legitimately, I, I, a couple of those videos uh, made me hurt a little bit because, you know, th this wasn't a guy joking around. This was a guy who clearly, you know, this, this, he was a, he was a one inch away from being just Aryan. <laughs> I mean, he was just all about, and then, it, then the other end, yeah. So, but I don't necessarily think. I mean, again, I would love to have the stat of how many people are in what age in England to see if any of that could possibly hold up. Fuck that know? shit. Ask the twenty-four-year-old who their senator is. Yeah. Ask them what yeah. percentage of taxes they pay. Most of our peers that are our age don't know fucking shit going on around them. I'm not and here to say that their vote shouldn't matter. But of course they're going to flip-flop because they're uninformed because like we were talking about earlier, they're too busy watching the local football game rather than what's going on with that stuff. But even if the old guy is racist and that's why I voted, that's his prerogative. He lives there. Like, I'm okay with racism. I'll say it. I'm not okay with it in my own life. I'm not racist. I don't have friends that are racist and I won't do business with people that are openly racist. That's my prerogative. And that technically right. work out socially, though. You right. shouldn't have to have grease and Brussels telling them they can't be racist. You shouldn't have Brussels telling them they have to take in people that they don't have room for, that they don't want there. That's only going to create problems, and that's going to lead to more xenophobia because they're being forced down their throats. Yep. But if you have these people coming there because they're allowed in or because they're invited or because they have the credentials, those kind of things there, they're going to be accepted or they're going to make a difference, and it's going to change people's opinion. But you do not change people's opinion by forcing it down their throat. And that's why I'm okay with the racism aspect to it. That's fine because it's only going to prolong that racism. It's not going to help it. It's and that's that's um, that's my thought on no, it. That that is, I, Nathan, I, you, I know you wanted to jump in, and so I'll, I'll let you take the floor next. But uh, I have nothing wrong with what you just said. So, so, so yeah, yeah, I have another stat here that I wanted to pull up, and now I will. <laughs> well, I will just. Um, I will just say this is a projection because you couldn't necessarily collect um, data by individual age groups here, um, especially with it being, you know, a secret vote. But this projection uh, percentage of by age group who uh, turned out for the uh, uh, to vote in the referendum, um, 18 to 24 projected only 36% of that age group voting. 
Um, and it start it jumps drastically. Twenty five to thirty four is fifty eight percent. Uh, thirty five to forty four is seventy two percent. Forty five to fifty four is seventy five percent. Fifty five is sixty four. 81% and 65 plus 83%. Um, now, like I said, it's, um, you know, it's more of a projected percentage here. Um, but that's, that's just, you know, that's phenomenal. <laughs> and whether that's bad phenomenal or good phenomenal, but, um, you know, it, it's interesting if this is actually the case that the people who have to do deal with the fallout regardless of whether you feel it's negative or positive or it turns out to be negative or positive um you know didn't really necessarily put their voice out there um i bet they voted well he just gave on the voice though no no i was saying i bet they voted on the last episode of the voice though they were there uh voting you know probably even watching like america's got talent or some one of those other dumb shows like i bet they cashed their voting on that yeah and that's the yeah, that's you brought up a great point because for better or worse, yeah, the people who this affects the most didn't turn out to vote for it, but now they're really upset about it because they're being told to be upset about it. That's the other thing. Ninety percent of news uh, of the news that we receive is owned by six companies. If you go back, I can't remember the year. If you go back into the eighties, that ninety percent was owned by hundred and fifty companies. Now it's owned by six. That's like your government licensing now. Well, right. But I, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, you you have to you, even at this. It's gotten to the point where I don't trust any news source. I just it's it's almost the 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 saying you believe half of what you see and none of what you hear. I've gotten to the point where I believe like a fourth of what I see, if that, right. because it's you just you have to consider the source, and almost everything in today's world comes with an agenda. It's sort of because RJ, you and I are different. Where I believe. In, sometimes that things are more orchestrated and you believe that it's more read and reaction, which I think it's a bit of a mixed bag, but you see people, the, the whoever, as opportunists, whereas I think maybe there are times where they create the opportunity. Um, but, shit, I forget where I was going with that. Damn it, I was going <laughs> something with that one. But, um, God, don't you just hate when that happens? <laughs> right. You just instantly brain think of it. Say what? You want to think of it? No, you can go in. Jump in. No. I would like to, like, you keep talking about the people that have to deal with the ramifications of the Brexit, but the people that voted, as you're saying, the highest percentage of voters that voted against or for the Brexit were people that lived through the creation of the European Union and the fallout from that. Do you think they're so uninformed that they saw it work out great and all the wonderful benefits that it supposedly had for them and they still wanted to leave it just because they didn't like some black dude? Like, if they lived through it and they saw it and it was as good as they said it was going to be, and what have they been in there for, 10, 15, 20 years? It hasn't been that long. Wouldn't they want to stay despite because it was such a, a net benefit to their society? Like, these people lived through the ramifications of it, saw what it did, and still decided they wanted out. Like, sure, they're passing on wanting out onto the, the lower generation, if you will, but they saw what it did for them and they still want out and it's not like they're going to die tomorrow they're going to live through the downturn that they already knew was going to occur none of these people that voted for it thought that it was going to be an instant net benefit to them they knew that the pound was going to fall it was going to be shaky for the next five six years who knows how long and they still voted against it like 
there can't be a reason for that to me that's just racism. They had to have had a negative impact on their daily lives consistently that they saw to want to back out of it. Even if it wasn't a net benefit and it was just, you know, it, it leveled out and it was the same as before, they wouldn't go through all of this trauma to get out of it. That's yeah, yeah. the other side of that coin, in my humble opinion. No, I, that, I think you brought up some good points. I think it's always, it's always important to try to come at it. I think the key to understanding, they say the key to understanding is compassion. I think it's objectivity. Definitely. Uh, Passion will definitely skew your viewpoint. And that's what, if we get back towards, a little bit towards the sort of, I need to come up with a new term for mind control because people think mind control, they think, you know, you are getting very sleepy, I'm hypnotizing you. I'm thinking of it's sort of like certain messages get put and you react a certain way, but when the messages are out there, but, um, God damn it, I just did it to myself again. Um, you were talking, you brought up a good point. Oh, the, uh, shit, move on. Nathan, what do you got? Let me think. God, I'm going to end up just blurting out these thoughts. Like, I'm like, notepad. Like, so, like a new topic or just, I mean, whatever, man, it's an open, it's an open discussion. I didn't know if you had a, a counter rebuttal to his rebuttal. I, um, I was just hoping you'd buy me some time so I could think of what I was going to say. <laughs> Um, you know, no, not necessarily, at least not right now. I mean, I've not heard that viewpoint necessarily, so I'd have to, um, think about it. And to be honest, I'm probably not the greatest at thinking about things off the top of my head, um, without doing at least some research here. Um, so that's definitely something for myself to think about. Um, you know, uh, the big... it, it, so it came back to me. So when you, we were talking about the, uh, you were saying compassion is a bad way to go, right? It's so I would say we're not a bad, we're not in a bad way to go. Well, okay, so that was me. That was my flavor <laughs> to what you said. So to me, uh, I think one of the worst things you can do is make any decision emotionally or use your emotions as your driving force. Say, for instance, you know, we uh, some everyone everybody's gotten too drunk and called an ex or somebody that they probably might not have called and that's either got alcohol <laughs> sober, or but, but okay see you've been sober and done that because of an emotional reaction that you had that made you feel a certain way and then an hour later you're like god damn it dude why did i do that why was i so weak and the thing that bothers me about this current election more than there's a million things that bother me about it the thing that bothers me the most is it feels but it, like reality TV that is just playing to everyone's emotions that this election to me feels like the most emotional decision I think I've ever seen a group of people this large make outside of the outside of us joining World War II after Pearl Harbor. That was a big re emotional knee jerk. I'm not saying that that was a wrong one. I'm just trying to think of an instance in which we all as a group reacted emotionally off of something and didn't base it really on any information. And that's that's where I'm at with this election. It just feels like so. And the news, the news in general, it just feels like everything we're looking at, everything that is put in front of us, in one way or another, has some sort of emotional pull. And we we're gonna have a really hard time making any good decisions if we constantly have all this emotional trauma going on, and people are, are making decisions based on what they love and what they feel, rather than taking a more pragmatic approach and actually trying to use their logic to make a decision. Yeah, yeah, for sure, definitely.
But the only reason I chase, I hate to like say it sound like this, but the only reason I chase the truth is because I emotionally hate being wrong. Every time I'm wrong, when I find out I'm wrong, it cuts me. I feel so fucking stupid when I find out that I said something and I believed it, and like later I find out I was wrong, that it makes me the person that I am, that I'm constantly looking for the right answers or what the truth of the matter is. And it's really easy if the only truth you care about is if the Patriots are better than the Steelers. And if I gave a fuck about that, then that's the only truth I would chase because it's really easy for me to find 15 of my peers and argue about it and 50% of the time be right. With this stuff here, it's so much deeper because you have to look at all the ramifications and stuff of it. But everybody gets a vote. And that's <laughs> that's where I don't believe in voting or the idea of democracy personally, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, that, is, that is an episode for the future, though. I That is... Uh, we, we could have, we, you and I could probably just turn this mic on and talk for four hours. Nobody might, there might not be anybody listening, but we could talk. Definitely would not be much in the way of dead air, that's for sure. No doubt. I'm going to talk a little louder while these dogs bark in the background. That's the bad thing about us both being in here is that there's no one to go make the dogs shut up. <laughs> but that's okay. While we live in a democracy, we could vote them out. <laughs> yeah. Vote, vote the dog out. Um. Nathan, what do you, what do you guys, has there been anything, anything over the last week or two that you just, either anything that's rubbing you the wrong way or just something that you've been dying to talk about? Because I, all these things we've talked about today, I've been chomping at the bit to discuss. Go ahead. I, I'm, I'm, no, I, I, you know, I, I took myself off the screen here, but I've been chomping at the bit to talk about what even just happened yesterday. Um. The whole thing and, you know, the Falcon Heights shooting, um, I don't know if either of you have seen the video. Um, Which one? There's two shootings that just happened, and I, I haven't looked enough into them to know the the area of each of them. Yeah. Okay, so I'll, you I'll, give you, uh, I'll, I'll explain what happened from what I know. Um, so the Falcon Heights shooting, um, let me pull this up here real quick. That's a car and his girlfriend filmed it. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, so, what's his name? Um, see, you know, I've read so much of this recently, and now I... Okay, so Phil Londo uh, Castile was a, uh, a, a man, and he's black, um, and he, him and his girlfriend, along with his daughter in the backseat, um, they got pulled over uh, by a police officer, um, for a broken taillight. Um, now, the police officer asked to see uh, his ID and like insurance and registration, and uh, Philando informed him that he was um, carrying uh, concealed carry, had a you know license permit, whatever you want to call it, um, on him. And from what happened, the officer told him to put his hands up, and as he was putting his hands back up. The officer shot him in the arm. Um, now, the video doesn't have the shooting on it. It, it starts right after. Um, but basically, I don't know how this woman stayed calm. It may have been shock. But basically, she was talking about what happened while her boyfriend, mind you, still alive. But, you know, he's starting to bleed out and get shocked. But the officer is still pointing a gun at this man, 
who is who is bleeding out, mind you, um, slumped over in the seat, and is basically you can tell the officer has basically lost his shit, and you know is trying to say that, um, you know he was not listening or reaching for the gun, but I mean you know what it, it's senseless basically, and and the uh, the guy ended up dying um later and and whatnot but it's just it, it was really hard to watch that video um just because basically the the girlfriend you know not sh she doesn't show any emotion until they get her out of the car and put her in the back of the squad car like i i just still recording the whole time wow. yeah yeah that is, yeah. that's that's the part of this part so i'll be honest when i saw because i saw that you had posted this you and about six or seven other people on my feed posted this but i honestly um, my initial reaction was that this was a a, a hoax of some kind because i could not believe because you know the, the picture that they have a picture up from the video which I, I just had up on the screen here a second ago but then you know Facebook deleted the video, and to me, I, in my research, I have run into so much clickbait. I once read an article that <laughs> was meant to look like it was written by ABC News. They even had the logo yeah. almost perfect, claiming that Barack Obama had just announced martial law, and this was meant to aggravate the Alex Joneses of the world. Globalist, 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 and they get people riled up. And so when I saw this, I thought, oh, boy, is, is this even real? And it, 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 the fact that Facebook deleted the video, I mean, I guess they probably have some grounds because of, I mean, I didn't get to see it. I don't know how graphic, graphic it was. It's Well, you don't want this shooting, but you see it pretty much die on video. And that can be pretty traumatic. But yeah. you can see other times where they just put a fucking warning on it. Of, right. If you yeah. want to watch this video, be careful. It's graphic. And that's the thing, is it seems to me that the... the with me. That, what, were you saying something? No, sorry. I, I accidentally clicked something. Oh, no, you're okay. It just seems to me that they, they sort of pick and choose what they'll allow us to see. Like, when it fits the official story, then we can see it. Like, I, for instance, I'll throw my conspiracy theorist hat on real quick. I don't think the Orlando shooter claimed any... Um, allegiance to ISIS. And I, the reason I think that is because they won't let us hear the phone call. Well, so dude, we're going to announce a story to the to the news sources and, and say verbatim in that story what he said, then why can't we hear it? If it adds up to what the police that was Kevin, already in the building told to stand down. Here, here's the thing, the Kevin. Is it, it, they were in the bar, why were they told to, and then they leave? Something's right in Denmark <laughs> when it comes to that. There, there, there's an aspect to oh. that that doesn't add up. Go ahead, Nate. I'm sorry. That's all right. I, I mean, I was interrupting. But here's the thing also. The the Orlando shooter, uh, like, pledged allegiance to, I think it was ISIS, Hezbollah, and the and Taliban. And none of those are allies. Like, no, they're at times directly fighting against each other. They're, they're different it's, ideologies. My thought is he's a closeted homosexual, and he didn't want to be seen as that when he died. So if he could look like a terrorist that wasn't just a closeted homosexual too afraid to come out of the closet because daddy would want him dead too, 
and he could look like he was doing it for his religion or that, this and that, it would stand a lot better. I think the guy had a mental breakdown, personally. Um, but I think it was over a series of days. Oh, yeah. And I, it just, I've been bothered because people want to, you know, I understand and want to play this, you know, Islamic terrorist angle here. But if you just look at the fact, even that fact I just said, where he pledged allegiance to these three different organizations that are in no way shape allies, I mean, why are you still trying to play that angle? I, it, you know, it's basically, and the fact that he's also been at that club several times in the past few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was another big one. Um, but how many of your friends will even stick with? Well, how many of your Republican hates Islam friends or any of those kind of friends care or know that Hezbollah, Al Qaeda, and ISIS are completely separate? How many people that aren't even against? Muslims in general know that. Frankly, I don't think if half our roommates know that they're separate organizations or that they completely have separate leaders, this and that, platforms, if you will. It's I don't know that he did either. Again, I think he was a closet homosexual that wanted to kill himself and take down the people that he thought brought him there to that state. I, I, I tend to align with you on that one. I think I think that you're absolutely right. And then this has really nothing to do with that aspect of it. But did you guys know? And, and it might not have anything to do with anything. I just think it's a weird. If you believe in coincidence, this was one of the weirdest coincidences I've ever seen. Uh, did you guys know he was in that uh, BP oil spill documentary? This is why I was talking about the Matrix with you. Yeah, because the same characters seem to pop up over and over again. Exactly, and <laughs> and it just it. It's weird to me, and once again, speaking of the same characters, this guy, I mean, how many times does the FBI have to fuck something up before we reconsider whether or not we need the FBI or if that something should be done with the FBI? I, I, off the top of my head, I could probably come up with four or five instances where they screwed the pooch big time. You could say the same thing about the EPA and the president, though. People worship the state the same way they worship Christianity, Catholicism, or Islam. It's, they, you know, Fair. they were wrong, but they they normally have it under control. This is the only times they need to have it under control, and they can't get it under control. You couldn't even fucking indict Hillary Clinton, and you want them to figure out that this guy's going to shoot up a nightclub? Right. Well, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah, they, they can't. They they fail to stop the World Trade Center bombing when there was, a, you know, the the uh, the informant that they had taped all of his conversations, and you, you can like I've heard the, the conversation that he had with his FBI handler, where he's telling him, "Don't switch out the real bomb for the fake bomb." And so it's just like, well, that is that that's pre nine eleven. That's what that is that is the first. Yeah, that is the <laughs> first time that there was an attack on the World Trade Center. The the the, the van bomb that they had. Um, and well, but speaking of, of 9-11, if you want to go with the uh, let, let's I won't even I'm not going to open that can of worms on whether anything was known prior or what, who was in on it, who wasn't in on it. But it is a little odd to me that if if because there's no way, no two ways about it. NORAD was what it was like 164 out of 167 <laughs> intercepts that year. And the only three times they fucked up were all that same day. And, you know, you've got people fucking up all over the place. Got it. And yet, 
dogs are letting us know. And the only thing that the, the main recurring thing, everybody got promoted after that. Almost everybody who had anything to do with it got promoted. And it's just like, uh, to me, that shouldn't have been the answer. I mean, I understand. I'm not saying that it was done on purpose, that there was some big coup, that I'm not going to go out on that limb and say 9-11 was an inside job. But in my job, Nathan, in your job, if you screw up something that badly, are you thinking you're going to get a raise? No, no you're you going to get fired. Exactly. And it doesn't seem, the rules don't always seem to apply. And that is the part to me that, that makes this whole thing kind of stink, and that's why you know RJ and I, where like I said, where we where we where we differ on a, we agree on a lot of things. Where where I, you know, at times can be led to believe that things are under control here, um, and that was just yeah, like like I said, there's never been an instance in RJ's back now, and, and your job is if you fucked up as badly as let's say the head of the you know, the head of national security, whatever, somebody in some big, if, if you made that colossal mistake, colossal mistake, you wouldn't have a job tomorrow, let alone get Unless I brought up the fact that, well, I shouldn't say the fact that, but if I knew my boss fucked some kid, and I was like, <laughs> you want to fire me, but remember that time? Well, I have this on you. And when you're the head of that kind of organization, I haven't seen the movie J. Edgar yet, but I'm sure stuff like that's in there. I've heard enough about the man. If you have secrets on everybody under you, there's no getting rid of you because the people that are there to get rid of you, you have so much dirt on that if they act on it, they're fucked too, if not worse. Right. Personal. And, and, and why aren't those 26 pages being released? I don't think those 26 pages, I'm sorry it's so off topic, but those no. 26 pages aren't going to get released until George Bush is dead. It's not going to happen. Unless Trump comes into office and decides to stand behind what he said. But, I mean, fucking Obama said he's going to restore habeas corpus and close Gitmo. Once you get in there, all your secrets are on the table, too, in my humble opinion, because they've been keeping track of you forever. Yeah. And now they have the authority to. They don't even have to fucking or tell you that they did it secretly. You don't even have that behind you anymore, that they, they did it illegally. They've been doing it legally now. And it, like, like to go to what you were saying about the, the info not getting out, because I don't think it will come out conceivably, maybe even in our lifetime. And what I use as my example is, you, the, so Nathan, I think we've talked about this before, uh, the the files on JFK are supposed to be declassified next year. And I would bet both testicles that that doesn't happen. I just don't think that, I don't think that there's, because you want to talk, that is the mother, you can call me a conspiracy theorist on that one. Hasn't enough of it been leaked already? That I mean, it but, matter but no one can point a finger though, any one way. Who's alive to point a finger out over JFK? Well, in my opinion, uh, George Senior, who was in the CIA at that point. So if if, if the CIA, CIA was involved in any way, he's not going to be. And also, you know, uh, who knows uh, who he had working with him that could have been younger than him or something like that. There are, because you open up that conspiracy, there, there are too many characters that you can keep track of. So many people wanted that man dead that I'm certain that, I, I can tell you one thing that I believe in my heart is a fact, and that is that Oswald did not do that by himself. I'm not even saying that he was a patsy, the way that, everyone, that, the way that a lot of people think that he didn't do any of it at all. But I'm saying there, there's no, we've all seen his Zapruder film at this point. That, that gunshot didn't come from the 
from, from the back. I mean, you get shot in the back of the head, your head doesn't snap backwards like that. I mean, muscle reflexes are so fucking weird, and it completely depends on the amount of velocity that the bullet had when it hit him. It was just enough to pierce the skull. I don't. I haven't seen the autopsy, and I haven't seen that video for fucking ever. But I've shot enough things to know bullets do weird fucking things. If that thing hit the front of a skull in the back quick enough, it could make it it jump back faster. I don't think Oswald acted alone, but I don't think that's a smoking gun just because ballistics are so fucking weird, and then you have the human nervous system, which is equally as weird. Right. Well, we can agree, though, that one bullet probably didn't cause the five injuries. No, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> but you gotta, I just, I'm always careful using a smoking gun when there is reasonable doubt. But when you have five fucking things, and then you have a bullet that somehow went through a seat vector and all that other bullshit on top of it, no, Oswald didn't act alone. You're right. But... Yeah. And that one, we, we went way on a tangent there, but I'm happy about it. Because that, that is what, that is the first thing that, that opened my eyes. Because, you know, you hear, you grow up in school, and you don't even really hear about the magic bullet theory. That is my favorite thing about my history class, my sophomore, junior year. My teacher actually brought that shit up. Really? Yeah, and he was even at the end of it, he's like, I don't think Oswald actually won. He told the entire class that. Really? Yeah. And we need, we, we need more of that mm -hmm. in schools. Like, it's I, funny, his last name is Oswald. Like, for instance, Nathan, do you know this, that uh, Martin Luther King's family swears that James Earl Ray did not kill? Actually, Martin Luther King's son visits James Earl Ray in prison frequently. I mean, he swears that the man is innocent. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Why would they be privy to that knowledge would be my next question, but I haven't researched this at all. Well, but I mean, like, if, if uh, I'm just saying, like, for instance, if, if my dad got murdered, I probably would have been as involved with trying to find as much. Like, I would have been, you, I guarantee you that family had, like, a private eye and all that stuff. Like, they probably weren't just relying on the official story. I mean, I would No think, doubt, when you're when he's being investigated by the FBI and he's on several watch lists, you're not going to trust the government story. But. Right, exactly. And I, it's just, again, it's, it's, it, that's no way, not at all a smoking gun. I just thought it would be yeah. worth pointing out that, you know, that man's own family doesn't believe the official story. And, and that's at the heart of the truth movement, and that's the sad part, the conspiracy theorists get dogged all the time. But the majority of conspiracy theories, like the majority of the 9-11 truth movement, and there are some shitheads out there, those are mostly friends and family of people that lost people in 9-11. Yeah, the 9-11 truth movement. Those are the people that are going to be driven to want to know the facts. And then they're the ones that want to know the truth. And so, yeah, but also, again, that doesn't, that doesn't make them right. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it doesn't make them malicious or evil. And, and that's the, the problem is we have this, there is this group mentality of, you know, you go against the official story, even if you've done your research. I can't tell you how many times I've been called crazy by my own family. For instance, the, the cashless society. You guys, we, I don't think I've talked to either of you guys about this topic, but uh, have you ever talked to anyone else about the possibility of there someday not being any cash? Um, I've talked about the gold standard and private currencies, which, I mean, in the eyes of your basic sheeple, as, you know, I hate to, like, split people apart, but right. the way I look at it, if you're not willing to think about it, you're just reactionary to your sheep. But, yeah, no, like, Bitcoin, that kind of thing there. Yeah. Um, but even Bitcoin's not really based on Bitcoin. Well, yeah, nothing's based, nothing's based on <laughs> The gold standard. Yeah, well, the gold yeah. standard was. Yeah, exactly. Which is essentially a barter system, though. Which... Yeah, so Nathan, let me ask you a question. Do you, if you had to guess, and you might know off the top of your head, 
it, a, a percentage, percentage-wise, how much of our currency in the United States is in cold hard cash? You know, I can't exactly say. Um, you know what? It's but, okay. It's just, just throw one out there. Well, no, I so I could be wrong anyway. I just pulled this up. Um, apparently, in 2012, just 40 percent of payments were cash. 40 percent of payments. Okay. So, so the research that again, this is old research because I actually got off this topic when. My little brother called me crazy. My mom looked at him and said, "We're gonna, we're gonna laugh if he's right, because well, you know that's a mom. A mom's gonna love you no matter what." So false. She, she probably okay. Maybe. My, my mom, I, I could tell my mom the sky is green, and she'd be like, "You're so creative. I love you." You know, I can't. So, but uh, so my research told me that only three percent of our currency is actually out in circulation. That ninety-seven percent of it takes place digitally. And that's hard to kind of, again, if you don't have access to those actual numbers, you're never going to know one way or the other. But I, I just, you know, look into your own personal lives and sort of, you know, outside of myself, as I am transitioning from one bank to another the last couple of weeks, I have been dealing only in cash. And not only are there not a lot of people doing it that way, but it's becoming a hint. It's almost, it's being made. Why are you handing somebody a hundred dollar bill? Yeah. You look at you like you're fucking crazy. I flipped out on a gas station attendant. It was too early in the morning. I was like, your only fucking job is to have change in that drawer. And I'm getting $60 in gas. How do you have $40 in change in that drawer? Right. And how are you going to tell me? How are you going to tell me that on a bill, on the piece of paper, is this for all debts, public and private? But you're going to tell me that you you don't accept hundreds because you don't have the ability to check and see if it's real. Well, that's not my problem. It says right here it's good for all debts. I mean, granted, it's not backed by anything, but still, you know, backed by a lot of hope. something. The only oh, again, man, I need to just start writing every quote I see down so I can give it proper authorship, but. The uh, there was a quote I heard. The, the only thing holding up the American uh, financial system is our collective belief that it's real. The only thing backing our money is our belief that that money exists. What's disgusting is we chose that, and if you try and tell somebody that's a bad idea because they're so used to it, and that's why I don't think that judging the Brexit off a twenty-four-year-old vote is because that's all they know. I don't know about you guys. I didn't. My my awakening has only been within the last couple of years. So let's say I was like 26, 27 before I started looking around me like, dude, shit is kind of fucked around. <laughs> you know, it it's so easy, especially in a day and age where you go straight from high school to college. Most people do because they're told that's what they have to do, um, which is another farce to me because I do not currently have my degree and I know a lot of people that have their degree and have a lot more student loan debt than I do and they let and are in worse positions job wise than I am. Yeah. And now granted I had to put in a lot of time to catch a decent break and I'm not lighting the world on fire by any means, but still it, how old are you? Twenty eight. So, you know, I yeah, I got I got a way a ways to go, but I mean still it's just you get put in a system. You get put in a system where by the time you're 24, 25, you're 30 grand in debt, and that's what you have to your name is a shit ton of debt and a piece of paper that says I can go, I can be at things on time, <laughs> and I can remember things for Baby. two days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, if I have enough and if, all, and if you get an online degree, all you're pretty much saying is I know how to look up stuff on the internet. Mm -hmm. 
No doubt. I've but, taken classes online and never once did any research. Why? I'm taking a test. I, I got a second window open and I can just type every question in verbatim onto Google. Yeah, no doubt. I feel like we need to have him up on video because I keep forgetting to like make sure he interjects and I feel terrible about it. Yeah, Nate, what's up with, what's up with your video feed, man? I, can you can you can you potentially throw that on for it? Because it yeah. that way we can see when you want to talk. Because you're so polite that I think you're gonna just let RJ and I talk all night, and we'd like <laughs> to hear from you too. And the more of these PBRs I have, the more I, I feel the ability to interject. My autism goes hey, away. You know, that's, that's not <laughs> fair to have you know have beer there, and I can't have beer here. Why, so. why can't you have beer? Uh, well, I can. I, oh, okay. I was gonna say. <laughs> I mean, I know it's. I know Indiana's got some weird alcohol laws, but it's only what was it Thursday? <laughs> yeah, it's Thursday at ten. So, but um, no, I mean, because I don't know too much about this money thing, so I haven't really, you know, necessarily, um, you know, has anything to say per se. So, fair enough. Both of you guys are into conspiracy theories, though, right? I am more into it than than Nathan. Look up the idea that the Federal Reserve, or not the Federal Reserve, it, but Fort Knox doesn't even have enough gold in it that it says it has. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of evidence out there that they don't even have enough when we were on the gold standard to back the currency at the time. So on, I believe it was September 10th, 2001, there was announced that like $1.5 was missing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then Talk about a news number. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, I can't understand why nobody ever talks about that. No, I'm just I'm being extremely <laughs> facetious there. But, you know, and, and of course, the the conspiracy theorists run wild with that. They're like, well, this is just another thing that lines up. And that's the problem with conspiracies is it's always circumstantial. It's always, it's there's always like 80% of the evidence you need at most. Like, it's never enough to tell the whole story. But, but what you're saying, I have actually done some research into that and and what I was getting at with that cashless society, so what scares me is the idea there was this there was this guy who I think may have been a fraud, honestly. If you guys have ever heard of the filmmaker Aaron Russo, he again he was popular in the seventies for making documentaries about, you know, corruption and all that stuff, and then he really came back full circle when he got on the Alex Jones show and started talking about how he was friends with a Rockefeller. And so, uh, somebody who worked, you know, Rockefeller, who helped run the Rockefeller organization. Now, the thing that he didn't tell anybody was that this Nick Rockefeller, that was a lawyer for the Rockefeller Foundation, just happened to have the same last name. He's not actually a Rockefeller that you think of, okay? okay. So, and that's where, you know, people were like, okay, well, this dude's full of shit because technically he was kind of lying to you. But what he said, um, he said a lot of things. He said that the Rockefellers funded women's lib to break up the home so that the state could take place of the parents. Um, that, that was his theory, which maybe, but what he said was that the idea of a cashless society would be, and that's, you guys have all, you guys have heard about RFID chips, right? Is that what's on my debit card right there, now? There's one in this house, that, there's one in my dog right now. Oh, so it, it's, it's the, yeah, so they started with, with dogs. It was, you, you know, essentially when you adopt a dog from a pound, as I did, they, See, there are two things that have to be done that you have no say in. So if you adopt a male dog, they are going to take his balls and put a chip in it before they give them to you, which their thought, their reasoning behind that is, okay, they don't want more strays, 
And if you lose your dog, they want to be able to find it. And at the time, I had no issue with this. I was like, it's kind of weird you're going to put a microchip in my dog, but, you know, whatever. If the time should come where he's missing, all right, cool. But the this RFID chip thing has, has gone beyond that, where there was a uh, – there's this – this great video from several years ago about one of the first families that volunteered for this. It's a family in Florida, and of course, Florida. Yeah, of course, it's like a fucking, fucking lawless swamp down there. Um, but so the Bill and Linda Gates Foundation, though, that helps all the poor, the poor needy children. Every single one of those children has an RFID chip in them. There are certain tech. Uh, there are certain businesses in the technology field that don't require. Uh, an ID pass anymore if you just get the RFID chip implanted into you. And so I had to include that bit of information to this Capture Society thing because what this man said was he heard it from Nick Rockefeller, who was not related to David Rockefeller but worked for that foundation, said that the idea was to get us all to willingly agree to a cashless society so that way everything you have is digital and then eventually we would all agree to these GPS chips and all of your information is going to be on that. And so then what is the stop? And then what is the stop someone from just blacking you out? Because you won't be able to trade if you don't have it. A lot of the Christian uh, conspiracy theorists believe that the RFID chip is the mark of the beast. I think that is uh, a bit of a stretch. Uh, they also, these same people thought that barcodes were the mark of the beast. Um, so easy, yeah. easy identification. Though. Yeah. You've got it like... No, so all I was going to say was just it was just to wrap it up was to say the thought being that if we all agreed to go to Bitcoin and pay and PayPal had a very weird encrypted Super Bowl ad. I don't know if you guys remember it was big talk in the conspiracy world when that ad came out because they were talking about because they showed a futuristic America where it was just like a thirty-story apartment building. Um, essentially, what any uh, any right-wing conspiracy theorists would fear the most. It looked like a kind of like a shanty town. But it was just talking about, you know, um, it being the future of currency and that our, our ways were outdated. We needed to upgrade sort of thing. But the idea being, yeah, if you have all of your money is on this ID chip, if you decide to say my government's corrupt, I don't like it, well, then all they have to do is press a button and you are done. You yeah. can't do shit. And, yeah. So that's... Do you have anything to say about that? Does that scare you at all? Because now they have these chips in your debit card. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, now, now this, this one, one doesn't have anything uh, okay. on there. I, I blocked out my number, but, um, yeah, the new one I'm going to get. I mean, the chip, it's weird because the, it, the chip is a lot more convenient and supposed to be safer. But, you know, I did read an article um, I, I was while well, I was listening here, and, um, you know, it. It kind of it's pretty concerning because while they want to eliminate like a black market, um, you know, going to a cashless society, and you know, upgrade security. A lot of things I saw, you know, it would allow Big Brother to you know become more emboldened, and you know, spying and things along those lines. So I don't know if if. Um, you know, I don't know if completely going away from that would be a thing there. And I know there's also 
I don't know anybody necessarily personally, although my grandparents like to pay and like can pay in cash up front. Um, Where do they live? Uh, they live in uh, Florida. <laughs> I just need some extra cash. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, there I know there's people that you know don't have credit cards and don't even have bank accounts, and they pay in cash and stuff and. You know, they're they're not necessarily going to be so receptive to this. Right, right. I have a coworker that buries all his extra money because he witnessed the banks collapse to the point where you couldn't go and withdraw your money because they were so afraid of the run on the banks. And literally, like, it sounds so fucking archaic and stupid and like tinfoil hatty. We need to have a tinfoil hat when we go to video pass. So we really do. Just so we can point it off. Let me. But he was talking about burying money and shit. And how when there was run on the banks, like his parents could get money out of the bank, and that's the reason he doesn't keep money in the bank because he wants to have that money available to him. So I started looking into it and understanding it a little bit more. And I would definitely like to keep the idea of Bitcoin separate from uh, a one world currency or that kind of thing there because the feds are terrified of Bitcoin because it keeps everything on the black market. That shit is yeah. so encrypted; they can't they can't see where the money's going, and it scares the shit out. And those kind of things there, as a person who I self-identify, I guess, probably as an anarcho-capitalist, yes. I see Bitcoin as the future because you can't have anybody keeping tabs on that. And the idea that you could turn off the RFID chip that's implanted in somebody and keep them from being able to have any purchasing power or can, anything within the market, that's the purpose of it's about to have one. That is the entire purpose of felony, is to keep people off the market. These are people that the government sees as outside the, yeah. the rule book. And you were talking about hippies earlier and how they were maybe influenced by the FBI and stuff. The entire reason psychedelics are outlawed, and marijuana for that matter. Marijuana was outlawed to keep the black vote away, and then the psychedelics were outlawed to keep the hippie vote away. But when you get into things like uh, Bitcoin and those kind of things there, the currency we have now... You were allowed to have competing currencies until the installment of the, what is it, Fed? Yep. You were allowed to have competing currencies, and now you're not because they want to control that kind of thing there. But if you had an electronic currency, when you talk about them shutting off those chips and stuff, what I was getting at, and I completely went away to it from it, but you're completely forgetting the idea that manual labor exists. And I don't mean using a shovel, but you're a banker. You're still out there communicating people with and things like that. That's manual labor. That's combining your labor with nature in one form or another. And they can never shut that off unless they do it through the means of felonies, that kind of thing there, mm -hmm. where they say, this person is dangerous, you don't want to hire them, and that their their word means so much to companies out there that they're willing to take it. But if they move to things like that, you might see a pushback from companies and stuff like that because it's starting to affect their business yeah. where they don't take the federal government's word at its that it's truth just because it comes from the federal government. I mean, did you go to ComFest? I did not this year. I went to ComFest. I was talking to somebody at a bar the other day. After I got done talking to somebody for two hours about the Brexit, I was talking to somebody else. She went and told a cop that somebody tried selling her sister drugs. They, she, they were trying to sell her Xanax. And uh, she went to a cop, and the cop says, it's ComFest. What do you want me to do about it? And that shows the ridiculousness, and that even the state recognizes the ridiculousness of the drug war. It's nothing about anything other than controlling the populations that they don't want to have a say in society. And that's, I guess, that's kind of a, where I was getting at there. Yeah, I, I agree. Nathan, you got anything that you want to add to that? 
you know, well, I mean, it's not real, you know, but, you know, the fact that he pointed out about, you know, the, the drugs and the cop being like, well, what do you want me to do here? Um, for as much as, you know, we're invested in a, a you know, war on drugs here, for example, I went to uh, a, a tool concert in January, and um, you could obviously smell all kinds of people just, you know, light life and stuff, and then there's, you know, there was a couple of, I guess they were off duty. well, you know, they're pay, paid extra to some of the security, but there's like four or five of them sitting in the back there, and, you know, uh, you know you they can smell it, but, you know, they don't give two flying you-know-whats, I mean... It, it's just interesting how, you know, it's more of an observation than, you know, facts or anything, but um, how, you know, certain situations such as, you know, a music festival or a concert, you know, rules don't necessarily apply. Exactly. I mean, we're seeing the, the biggest example of that that I think I've ever seen. Yeah, the, the rules only apply to some. I mean, look at look at our well, uh, what I'm sad to say will be our next president. No, no rules seem to apply to her. Um, nope. Yeah. And yeah, it's which that that part is just really sad. Ooh, thank you, sir. Um, get back into rules applying to somebody since you got started on sports. Unless you had a thought on that. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Yeah. Brock Lesnar. Definitely on fucking some kind of Mexican supplements. He doesn't get banned, but John Jones just failed his USADA test. UFC 200, he's not going to be in it anymore. Yep. What's that about? It's, it's honestly just the whole fucking situation. You know, honestly, as much as I used to be like anti, you know, drugs and things like that, at this point, and I mean, this kind of goes for steroids too. Honestly, if somebody wants to use that stuff and, you know, deal with the uh, consequences of their body breaking down later on, you know what? They're only hurting themselves, um, you know, physically, I should say. Um, I've definitely personally evolved, you know, like do what you want to do as long as, A, you're not taking away somebody's freedom or, you know, potentially harming them or even worse, you know, killing them. I didn't know you were libertarian. <laughs> I don't consider myself, but I have a, I mean, you know, I'm starting to, I don't want to necessarily prescribe to any labels here, um, but I definitely do have a lot of, you know, viewpoints and such that would obviously line up with libertarian as That's of the non-aggression principle. That's like the first part of the two-part platform of the libertarian party. It's yeah. As long as you're not aggressing against somebody, don't do it. Like, you're fine. But do you think that athletes should be able to use those? Honestly, you know what? If you want to deal with those consequences, go right ahead. Exactly. Fair enough. As long as it's within the, the contract because you're, you're fighting somebody, so you have the ability to do more harm because you're on those. So if it's against mm -hmm. your contract, so be it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, exactly. Maybe, maybe. Fighting and or football, I can see that being regulated. But I'm of the mindset, so uh, we were kids in 1998. I know, Nathan, you and I were 
diehard Cubs fans at that oh, point yeah. in my life. I mean, we still, as much as I talk about the bread and circuses and all that, I'm not immune to it. I will not sit here and pretend like I don't tweet eight times a day about sports on our feed because I do still yeah. love sports. And it's not like I by myself am going to get rid of them anyway, so I might as well continue to enjoy them. But, for instance, with the steroids, we had those years in the late 90s where everybody was on steroids and it was the best <laughs> baseball has ever been. And I love the mindset where, like you said, it, if that's what you want to do, we none of us are guaranteed a day here. You know, I could I could trip over the curb tomorrow and get run over by a bus and I'd be done. So if if you want to do it, I don't like for instance, they, we used we used government money to investigate the the they were Supreme Court. I was going to ask, over. wasn't it the government that stepped in there and said no yeah. more steroids in baseball? That wasn't even baseball, right? Yeah, they okay. just came, well, they they were the ones who came in and investigated all this stuff with Mark, mm -hmm. you know, six or seven players. Why? Well, why is that? <laughs> How does that get there? You know, <laughs> that to me that was just a complete waste of of. I would say all of our money, but I truly believe that our tax dollars don't even do enough to cover the interest on the national debt at the time. I don't, I'm one of you, I don't believe my tax dollars go really anywhere. So I hate when I hear people say, I can't believe my taxes are paying for that. I'm like, dude, your taxes aren't paying for shit. Your taxes are paying on the crude debt. You're paying for well, debt. Well, the year. debt is leveraged against future taxes. So the taxes you're paying now are against <laughs> debt that was leveraged against you 20 years ago. Yeah. That China bought. A debt-based economy is weird. Do you guys remember uh, coming out of, like, your high school age? And, like, for instance, my mom never had a credit card growing up. Never, ever. She was totally against it. When I was a child, she told me, don't ever have one. If the money's not in your hand, don't spend it. Okay. I grew in abject poverty and was told the same thing. Okay, yeah, well, so was I. Well, that, that was, so was I. Um, so, I mean, maybe that was part of it. So, And another part of it might be the fact that, you know, both both my parents have gone extremely corporate since then, and now and now they have the money. So, yeah. um, Funny so how both sides see that they're bad, though. Yeah. <laughs> abject <laughs> poverty and wealth is like, credit cards just don't work for you. Well, but that what I was going to say on, on my end, they actually they, they flipped the script on me. And they actually, at one point, well, actually, my mom kind of stayed to it, where she was like, you just, well, she also knows me so well. She's like, you should not have a credit card. You're, you're not a, capable of handling your own money. But my, it was suggested to me by many people to get a credit card. I, have you guys ever heard the advice from someone that you have to start getting debt? Like that in order to get good credit, you have to have some debt. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Is that not just fucking dumb? It's dumb unless you buy into the system. And the system is is that you mm. need to show the same thing that you showed when you went to college, that you can show up on time. You want to be able to show that you can make your payments on time. Right. And, yeah, okay. But, yeah, and that's, and that's fair. But my thing is I don't I don't like credit at all. Okay, I, I don't I, – I, that – is, well, I, okay, I, I don't like the idea that our money is created about out of debt. So the idea that if we if we paid off all of our debt, how much money would be even left for us to have? Money is such a fucking weird term now because it's based on inflation and all of that stuff, which is controlled by the same people that print the money. So when you use money, it's it's hard for me to say. Okay, okay. Well, I, well basically, what what I'm you know kind of what I'm thinking is is like in theory. If, if we paid off all of our debt, what's left in circulation? 
You know, like, is there even going to, do we even currently have an, enough <laughs> to even pay, to, to ever pay it off, sort of, is what right. I'm saying, which is why I don't, and it's a whole, I mean, to, to go all the way and kind of go just generalization here, I hate the fact that I have to live in a world where all the decisions were made for me before I even popped out of my mother, you know, right. where it's, it's just like, I had no say in any of this, yeah. I didn't. You know, whatever, pick an amendment you don't like, whatever, pick something you don't like, and it's like, well, what the fuck, why, yeah. you know? Before I, you were conceived, unless you were aborted, you signed a contract with somebody you've never met. Yeah. How the fuck does that happen? And now it's with China, it's with somebody across the fucking <laughs> ocean. How do you feel about the Trump versus Hillary debate, Nathan? Who who would you vote for if you had to vote? I'm not voting for either one of them. I, I'm I, not either, but if you had to. If there was a gun to your head and they said, pick one and tell me... Who you would think would be better for you? I'm but if I have to vote in this situation, I'm not voting because it's necessarily better for me. I'm voting because it could possibly lead to chaos, which I think wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing for society, um, especially how um, you know how charged and polarized we are, but. Uh, I would say Trump because you don't fucking know what he's gonna fucking do half the time. Exactly. He's not I also think he's being a troll more so than serious um, with half the stuff he says, especially with you know his past track record with the Clintons. So yeah, I mean, yeah. There, there's, there's that part of it too. There, you know, again, in the conspiracy world, there is the thought that he has sort of been put up to this by the Clintons and that. He doesn't really have any intention in his heart of being president. I'm of the mindset that it might have started there, but then he saw he had a fucking chance, and he's like, I'm going for it because power craves power. Oh, yeah. That's but my favorite thing, talking about currency, that Trump said, or, and I can't remember the exact quote, but basically the same thing Ron Paul said was, fuck China, fuck our debt. We don't owe them anything. That's their own fault for investing in shit that they should have plainly seen was a bad idea. And he said that we would pay him pennies on the dollar. I say don't pay them shit. Go back to the gold standard and say bye. Like, what are they going to do, invade? As far as right now goes, we have more guns per capita than they could dream of building in the next 15 years. They don't even have a fucking aircraft carrier that's functional. They have one that's for training, and it can't even launch a jet fighter. Like, <laughs> what are they going to do about it? And I'm okay with that. And it sounds dirty as somebody that's an anarcho-capitalist. I believe that you should be held to your, your contracts with people. But if they see it's a bad contract and know it's going to fail from the beginning, that's their own fault. If I sign a contract with a homeless guy that I'm going to give him $100 and in five years, he's going to give me the 150 back, he's fucking homeless and a drug addict. That's my own fucking fault if he disappears <laughs> on that debt. We're a fucking drug addict, but we're addicted to free money. And I'm completely okay with saying buy China. And just like the Brexit's dollar fell, our dollar would fall. You would see a massive rise in inflation. But everything the Fed's doing right now, and I think that they're doing it contrary to what is intelligent to do, is to combat that inflation skyrocketing by releasing a bunch of free money, which is only prolonging the, the time we have before the inflation comes back to bite us in the ass. And it's... Uh, increasing the amount of inflation we're going to see because there's all this free money going to nowhere. Instead of seeing the housing market burst or college debt burst, which is the next fucking bubble to go, mm -hmm. you're going to see the dollar itself burst, and there's nothing we can do about it because all we keep doing is throwing free money out there. And that's what every economy that's in its downturn does. But if you talk to any classical liberal, 
any Keynesian out there, they think that this is the best idea. The Great Depression was our longest depression, and it's because the Fed stepped in and tried fixing it artificially. If you let people to their own devices, they're going to sort it out because there's there's only so much labor out there. There's only so much resources out there. And people are going to control those resources at the end of the day, but they still need people to buy them, and they still need to function with other people to, to increase the amount of resources they have to. And people that make bad bets in this situation, China, that's their own fucking fault. I'm sorry. You should have seen what was going on. You're a nation of a billion people, and I've never met a smarter mathematician than an Asian. Uh, what the <laughs> fuck? Oh. Hey, um, that's, that's fair. Um, but Nate, Nate, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Would you would you tend to uh, tend to agree with that? Because I I don't think there's a solution to, to answer. I mean, I guess if I'm going to answer quickly, Nathan's the same question you posed to him, I would give you the same answer. You put a gun to my head. I I'm not. There is no circumstance in which I would vote for Hillary. It could be. I don't. Even, I can't even think of a good enough hyperbole to throw up as her opposition. There's just no way. I mean, the the corruption with that family goes back oh almost twenty years, maybe over twenty years at this point. I mean, we look at the. Uh, I mean, how familiar are you guys with Iran Contra? Right, where uh, I can't think of it for Reagan. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah they're funneling money, money and guns. Well, do you know what? Do you know where that operation was taking place? No. Uh, do you, Nathan? No, most people don't. I'm not. I'm just. I, I, it's fun for me to say that again. The uh, the Iran Contra. Are you familiar with it? Um, I am a little bit. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we were the the gun smuggling and all that stuff. So yeah. Do you do you do you know where that operation, as far as the United States goes, do you know where most of that was done? Um. I would say no. I know, it, you know, a lot of it was also to, you know, help the Contras and Nicaragua, but I don't know if that's what you're looking for exactly. No, no. So what? So what I'm getting at is that gun smuggling operation was operated out of a tiny airport in Mena, Arkansas. Do you know who Arkansas's governor was at that time? Bill Clinton. Slick Willie. <laughs> that to me is at the very, at the very earliest when it started with that family. Um, and again, uh, it, how convenient is it that most of the paperwork involving that investigation was in the Murrah building? Also, th there were there were a couple because that's the thing. The what building? The Murrah, the the Oklahoma City bombing. Okay. That the the paperwork to to sort of prove any wrongdoing was in that building, which is a you know just again a, a nice happy little coincidence for them. Um, Coincidence just seems to follow those two around. I mean, you got, you got a 61-year-old man who, if, at this point, if he, I have never seen someone on their own lift so much weight that it would fall on their throat and crush them. Because who's dumb enough to do that? You know? <laughs> I can raise my hand to somebody that was weightlifting for a while, went to the gym by themselves, and was not on a Smith machine, and about killed themselves. Okay, okay, so, um, okay. But this guy was not me. This wasn't his fourth week at the gym. Uh, <laughs> right, right. This was a guy who you would like to think he was 61, he was a president of the UN. Like, you got to think this guy might be smart enough to know, like, okay, I, I can't get this extra rep or something. You know, not, not to mention the idea that it was a, 
the fact that it was originally reported that he had a heart attack. And so how do you go from heart attack to crushed throat? Why doesn't somebody like that have a security detail with him all the time? Yeah, ex exactly. Yeah. I just assume, like, Bernie Sanders has a security detail with him all the time. He's not even a fucking... Ben Roethlisberger went to my high school. He came back to visit his own high school with two bodyguards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like... That's more attributed to him being a dick, but, you know... <laughs> well, you know... Fast. You know, they also might be there to prevent him being a little rapey there, but, you know. I guess that's true. That might have been, <laughs> might have been for the ladies. It was security for everybody else, actually. They aren't his personal security. They're everybody else's security. It's probably part of probation. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I, I would never, ever go Hillary. I, I, I also, I hate this concept. Do you guys have people that argue with you. Um, I saw some Facebook posts where it was like, if you, it was, and it was trying to get people who are on the Bernie side to vote for Hillary. And it was essentially saying, you know, uh, it was a meme. So it had a picture of Hillary. It was like, I'm not going to vote for her. Da, 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 da. And then it had a picture of Trump that said, thanks for your vote. Essentially the message being that if you don't fall in line and, and, vote for something that you don't want, then you're, void, you're wasting your vote, and that your vote essentially doesn't count. The, there's always been this argument of, why would you vote third party? You're throwing your vote away. And I can't stand that. You're not throwing your vote. If you no. are voting for what you believe is right, I don't care if you write in Walt Disney on next, you know, or whatever. Whoever you would write in, it's your, that's what, you have that right. It's your right to vote for whoever you want to. I'm going to disagree, but I'd like to hear what Nathan says first. All right. I, I completely agree with Kevin there, and uh, Kevin, you're going to get a, uh, um, you're you're definitely going to get one vote for president there. So. <laughs> give me, give me, hey, if Kanye's running in 2020, I will I'll be running in about eight years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I vote for Kanye before either. I'm mean, just because I love a good narcissist that's equally in debt. <laughs> But by saying, like, you're not wasting your vote by voting for a third party or something like that, if you know just by talking to your peers, which I already know if I vote for Gary Johnson at this date, where it's not November yet, things could change, but if I went out and voted for Gary Johnson, which I would almost hate as much as voting for Hillary or Trump, um, it, I would be wasting my vote right now because either you haven't heard of him or you think he's a nutcase because you think libertarians are a nutcase. So you know no matter if you vote for him or you don't vote for him, he's not going to win. But looking at last past elections, uh, uh, there's a, a likelihood of either Hillary or Trump getting elected. It's definitely a 50-50 split right now, at least as far as polling goes, maybe not as far as our peers go. So if you vote for them, yeah, you're taking away your vote from that system, and you're telling somebody that you like this party, but who the fuck is listening to that if it's only 5% of the population? They're not even going to look at that. It's definitely a waste. It's not only a waste of your time going in there that you could be spending doing something that you love or making money. It's a waste of a vote that you could have given to somebody that either could shake up the system or continue the system. And I personally, I believe that Trump, just like Obama, which I didn't quite buy into Obama's uh, ideals. I wouldn't vote for Romney because of everything that came along with him. But if he was a Mormon in the way. <laughs> he wants a black guy in the White House. What? <laughs> I didn't mean that. <laughs> but I no. Mean, to, not to interrupt you, for some reason I have a bee in my room, so I will be right back here in a second. Okay.
I heard the best comedy bit about bees versus ISIS the other day. I'll have to send you the guy to watch. Bees versus ISIS. Basically, he was saying bees were scarier than ISIS. Um, <laughs> it was the greatest bit ever. And as a comedian, I don't want to tell the bit because four people are going to listen to this, and I don't want them to like not watch it because they hear it. But it's fucking great. Gotcha. I wish I could remember his name. But yeah, no, it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I want to hear that. That does sound good. But so I guess my my counterpoint that well, it's not even necessarily a counterpoint because in in theory you're not wrong with what you just said. But to me, the the idea of you know, and I know that like I said, everything you just said was was right. You know, essentially you are throwing that boat away. But to me, that's indicative of the bigger problem. We have been forced into a situation where we have to choose the lesser of two evils in order to just get anything done. But it's 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 like it's the illusion of choice. Right, right. You know, even just look at Hillary versus Bernie. Now, I am about as far from a Bernie supporter as you could be. And at one point in my, in this, in this most recent year, I was surrounded by Bernie supporters. Bernie this, Bernie that. You know, hey, give me free stuff. You know, I was looking at a lot of people that wanted some free stuff. No, no, you want your really... college debt forgiven going on. Yeah, oh, no, no, you're, no, you're, you're, Fine, interjecting on there, uh, but yeah, exactly. It's, it's not the uh, first of all. I, didn't, I, I don't like the career politician whatsoever. I think we talked about this the other day, and then I know that you don't necessarily agree with me on this, but I feel like public service should be public service. That those jobs should be paid substantially less because then you only have people coming into it that actually cared about it. You wouldn't get because they're you know. Everybody knows that if you make it to a certain level, you get paid out for life. And Kind of. Well, but like, for instance, the president. The president was going to cash a check. Any former president is going to get that. They, they get paid a yearly wage, whatever. So Help yourself to those. I'm going to jail tomorrow. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, hey, guys, I'm a criminal. But, <laughs> yeah, see, we got all we got. We cover the bases around here, though. That's, not, you gotta, that's what life's about. You got to see other perspectives. I love a career politician in the idea of a minarchist society, and I'm not even a minarchist, but what you were saying with the, you get paid for life, or you know, you get to draw this $400,000 paycheck while you're president, that kind of thing there. Most of the people that become our president make more money before they're president and after they're president than they ever make from the presidency. A lot of our ex-presidents don't even cash those checks. Okay. It's it's a fact of the matter, and my idea is is that a lot of it is because they stand to make more money by becoming that powerhouse of a, a politician. They get to make the decisions that affect their businesses. That's why I think Cheney wanted the office. I think that's why we ended up in Iraq. Look at the amount of money that Halliburton's getting. And a lot of times you don't see that money go directly into their wallet. It's into their wife's wallet who runs a charity that it gets donated to by these companies, that kind of thing there. The Clinton Foundation, for example. Saudi Arabia is a fucking huge contributor. How the fuck are you a human rights advocate getting a shit ton of your money, or not even human rights, but you're a feminist, saying if you're a woman and you don't vote for me, you're not a feminist, and you're taking all your money from a country where women weren't allowed to drive just a few months ago, and as far as I can tell right now, they're still not really allowed to. You can still be executed there for being a prostitute. Okay? How is that a feminist principle? How are you going to accept money from there or stand behind them if you're a feminist and that's what you believe? But it, my idea of a career politician is, is that's somebody that's held accountable in, in a minarchy or an anarcho-capitalist society. People are directly contributing money to you because they believe in you. And there wouldn't be these powerhouses of money because all of these powerhouses that own the majority of the wealth have gotten there through policy. They haven't gotten there through hard work. They've gotten there through special interest groups 
voting and yeah. changing people's votes or telling them to vote this way, and you'll hook their wife up with money that's going to make it into your bank account. But if you had somebody that, like a Ron Paul, for example, and I hate to bring him up because everybody hears that and they think, crazy train. Yep. <laughs> but when you have somebody like that, that in his own private practice, if you were poor and you came to him for glasses, he would give them to you. And he didn't take, he wasn't saying, I'm going to give you these glasses and then charge Medicaid. It was, I'm going to take care of you. And that's the end of the fucking story. And if yep. you had people like that, that you and I saw, mm. and we were like, I want you to represent me. That you actually have the choice, but with the illusion of choice, there was the uh, I think it's a World War One quote from a famous writer that came out of World War One. I. I can't think of his fucking name. But what if there was a war and nobody showed up? What if there was an election and nobody showed up? That's when your voice really shows. Who's the fucking president if zero percent of the population votes? Right, right, <laughs> and that's there was this great cartoon I saw one day, and it was a uh, there was this cliff with a a plank similar to a pirate ship and on the end of that plank there's a podium with a politician speaking probably cool, it? and uh and then standing on the other end uh, you know firmly on the cliff so the politician's hanging from this cliff right and then there's a group of people and then you see the in the back you see people starting to walk off of it and then the <laughs> message underneath was if if you people only had any idea i'm paraphrasing here but people have no idea the power they truly wield and that's yeah. just like that's the thing is if we just stop playing along, yeah. then yeah, exactly, exactly. You're right, but this this whole illusion of choice is, is what is what bothers me because I have started to believe, at least in America, that our leaders are selected and not elected. Because how is it, you know, except with the exception of Martin Van Buren, the uh, who's the only one I can think of off the top of my head, a lot of these people are related to each other. Like a like a scary amount, you know. It might be second or third cousins or whatever, but it's just like in uh, you know. For let's take for instance, uh, Bush versus Kerry. All right, those those two guys went to the same college, were in the same fraternity in college, and are like third cousins. No doubt, so and they like, probably well, were both in Skull and Bones. They were both in, they were both in Skull and Bones. That's yeah, beautiful. No, they absolutely yeah. were both. Almost. That was the <laughs> fraternity that I was referring to. I was, I was, because I was worried about people here in Skull and Bones, and again thinking, "Oh, it's crazy guy talking." Yeah, but it, it, it's it's ridiculous. You know, we don't really have a choice. I mean, and I saw this great another another great meme just to just to uh, talk about how fake this this all this shit is and how people change their minds. It was uh, showing a clip of. Obama in 08 running against Hillary, and it, the quote was, she'll tell you anything you want to hear and do nothing. And then yet this year you have him say, I can think of no person that's more suited to hold this office. Right, because she's a career politician. That's her only running game right now. And all the liberals claim to hate career politicians. They claim to hate dynasties. They claim to hate every fucking thing. But they're going to vote for Hillary. Yeah. Like how Bernie pisses me off more than anything because I saw a lot of a lot of parallels with him and Ron Paul, just in that he 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 got a lot of the youth interested in politics. The difference between him and Ron Paul is Ron Paul told people to read books, and Bernie Sanders told people that he wanted to forgive the the money that they paid for their books. But yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and that comes back to my China thing though. If China made a bunch of bad investments in our currency, that's their fault. If banks and through that the federal government made a lot of bad investments in a system that's bound to collapse in federal loans for college, that's their own fucking fault. 
if you all defaulted on your loans, they say it's going to hurt the taxpayer, but that money has already been spent. There's nothing we can fucking do about it. Right. Where's that going to come from? It's just going to be like, oh, we're sad that these colleges didn't get the money that they're already getting. And then you see them fall. So what? You haven't even fucking gotten your degree and you're working in a, a yeah. bank. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. many of my – the three millionaires in my entire life that I've been, like, close enough to to talk to, none of them are college educated. None of them. Yeah, I mean the, the the college system. I mean, there there are so many things that are wrong with it. I mean, if you are going to do it, I like the uh, I like the European style system where like kids when they graduate they go abroad or they go work for a couple of years. I'm one of those like if you're going to like I wouldn't I don't make it like a policy or a rule, but I think is like for instance in high school, I think one of your courses should be you should have the opportunity to test out of some things if you have to work and you have and in return you go work fast food for like six months or a semester yeah really have to but that should exactly be yeah you want to stay away from, you know i'll try to stay away from like have to but it would be such a good thing for people to actually oh, I will. try some things go ahead nathan interject there come on i will I tell you you know, you know everybody, everybody and i know you disagree with have but it should be a fucking requirement especially having to deal with how just in general people are just absolutely fucking shitty to you know fast food workers and based on the label i mean i can't even begin to fucking tell you how much shit i saw because i worked at a wendy's for a year oh boy yeah <laughs> it just i mean just people like lose common sense or some sort of decency when they see you know fast food crew member i mean it's just it changed myself because i definitely go out of my way and this goes with uh, waiters and waitresses too you know i i definitely go out of my way to at least be you know have some fucking decency um just because i i know what i went through and i mean it's different fast food to waiters and stuff but it's just so everybody should have to do some sort of thing like that to come to a realization you know well we're fucking shitty at heart honestly well um, yeah uh, you you actually just you ended that with exactly what i was going to say is that it's not i don't even know necessarily that it's just you know not everybody treats people in the food industry terribly and it's not always even people that have worked in the food industry that treat people well but what it is then it kind of goes back to what we were the three of us were talking about earlier with this whole sort of uh this separation and this this tribalism is we we are not necessarily and this isn't this is something that happens naturally in us but i think it's taken advantage of and that is that we try to basically do anything in our mind to make ourselves feel, you know, as long as we're not at the bottom yeah. of the ladder, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. people mentally always want to be above somebody else. Like, you know, you get, you get pissed when a homeless dude stops you at the gas station and asks you for 50 cents. And then you're all like, man, freaking bum. Why didn't you get a job? But I, I can't tell you how many times I've had to borrow five bucks from somebody because I've been in a pinch. You know what I mean? But yet, I will still get really angry when somebody stops and asks me for some cat. You know, for thank you. You know, so it, it's just another one of those things where we're instinctually tribal. I don't even know if this is necessarily tribalism, but it's you know, you want 
you want to not think that you're not at the bottom. So you, yeah. you, you instantly kind of, maybe even without even knowing it, tend to judge people that you deem are below you. And you can find any reason to think that someone's below you. A lot of people do it with food. A lot of people, for whatever reason, have that thing of like, oh, well, you know, da-da-da, whatever, working at McDonald's, and they have, you know, a, a negative mindset towards it. But it could be anything. I mean, then you'll have people that look at what I do, like like the guy I was and kind of the guy I still am before I got this job that I got. I would have hated I specifically did not. There is a girl in my life that I did not date because she worked for Chase Bank. <laughs> at one point in time, I mean that wasn't the only. I wish I had the options to be that picky. No, no, I mean like it was. There were a couple of things, but I can't pretend that that wasn't a factor. <laughs> all right, because the way I saw it at that time was I'm headed in a certain direction, and I don't want to be involved with someone that's that wrapped up in the corporate world. I was raised by two people that have worked only in the corporate world, whether. You know, uh, one parent's bounced around between technology and oil, and the other parent has been only in oil ever since grad. Before even graduating college, it was a college job. Start as a part-time job or an internship, and so it's like so. I kind of equate, equated that to like you know, I saw the problems that they had, and but yeah, I mean, it it, it can go in so it can go in both directions. You have people that. We'll work at the gas station that if you see somebody, if somebody walks in with a tie, like for instance, we, we don't live in the best neighborhood, RJ. I have to dress up for work every day. When I stop at the BP nearby, <laughs> I get a lot of really, really dirty looks. I, you know, I decided to walk to Red, White, and Boom the other night through our neighborhood, uh, through downtown Columbus, and I walked, and this was kind of sad, and, and I haven't told anybody this story yet, which, because I was actually planning on writing an article about it, because it, it shook me up on, you know, it wasn't physically Independence Day, but we were there to celebrate Independence, and it was the one day you would think everybody would just be American, right? So here I am. I'm headed downtown, all right? So I'm wearing, like, a button-down and some jeans and a hat, and I walk through, and there were a lot of people just on the side of the road watching. They didn't bother walking downtown. So I had to weave my way in and out of people, and I walked by this particularly large group of people, and I start getting heckled. I start hearing things like, Man, don't you know it's a black neighborhood? You better walk that ass back home. And I'm not Did kidding. Did you really get that? Uh, yeah, I swear to God, this this happened less than a mile from my own house. And here I am. This is my second year going on my second year living in this house, my third year living in this neighborhood. And, you know, I consider myself a part of that community. And again, you know, this is I don't really have the right to complain about I'm not complaining about this because anything I'm sure that whoever said that to me has it, has had it ten times worse from other people doing mm -hmm. it to them. But see, but that's what happens. It's like so. For instance, uh, the boss comes home, yells at the dad. Dad comes home, yells at mom. Maybe beats mom. Kid comes home from school. Mom's pissed. Takes it on the kid. Kid walks outside, kicks the dog in the ribs. Right. You know, they're like it. Just you will pass it on if someone oppresses you. You will naturally, it's the, the phrase, the yeah. oppressed will always be, will eventually become the oppressors. You know, if, if someone is bringing you down, sometimes the natural thing is just to bring someone else down because it makes you feel less bad about yourself. Right. But, you know, and that's, that, that was just, I, I had to get that out there. I had to just bring up that experience because it really just kind of, and in general, the other thing I saw that blew my mind on Independence Day 
was a little boy running around in a yard with two, you know, they have those lawn chairs that, like come in bags, the ones that fold out. So he had one over each shoulder, like <laughs> Rambo style. So he had, the, and this kid could not have been more than five or six, and he is running around Broad Street, yelling, "Allahu Akbar!" <laughs> while the fire, while there are fireworks going on. Uh, was he like a Muslim kid, or? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, he was, he was, uh, and the the funny thing was is that his dad was right there, and he was just like, and his dad chastised him about being too loud not about, <laughs> not about what he was, he was like he was like man he, he even called his kid man which i love if i was a dad that it would be man and dude all day long. he was like he was like man nobody can hear over you it wasn't what the fuck are you saying it was say it more quietly because i'm trying to listen to the radio and i just I, it just it blew my mind because I have never seen Independence. I've never had that experience on a, like a national holiday that we're supposed to remember and be thankful that we're all here and, and supposedly, and we're told we're free. Uh, but that, you know, but again, I'm not mad at anybody that does that to me because I know there's somebody on the other end of the spectrum doing it to them. Right. But again, it's just, that's part of our big problem here is that everybody wants to just belittle. Like I've, I've lived in a town in Indiana where called Farmersburg, Indiana, where it was um, all dirt roads and gravel roads, all right? And the people there, not the people that I was living with, I was looking extremely, extremely racist and talking, you know, down about, you know, ghettos and all that stuff. But what I, what I have noticed, because I went from that environment to a small little townhouse in the outskirts of Chicago where I was the only white kid. <laughs> so that's another reason I have this weird perspective because, you know, I... I was able to see both ends of the spectrum at an early age. But, uh, yeah, so what, what I noticed, the, here are two groups of people that have the same problems. If they were both extremely poor communities. They, they, they have the same problem. They essentially, if they took even a second just to, like, put that shit, put that bullshit aside and just kind of talk to each other, they would be blown away by the fact that they are 70% the same fucking person. Right, right. And it's right. crazy, but... Because you don't want to be at the bottom of that rung, you've got to find a way to belittle that guy over there. So at the very least, you're about <laughs> somebody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I personally believe everybody has the animal instinct that they want to have power, they want to have control, and they want to have autonomy. Mm -hmm. And then we also have—I can't think of the guy's name—but we have his pyramid of what people need to like feel good about themselves. Mm -hmm. And you have mainly that's fitting into society, though. But, Nathan, do you remember in high school we were taught all about the class systems and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Feudalism, right? Yeah. We had the, the landowners yeah. and then yeah. the people that serfs. And who were you taught fix that, though? And what system were you taught fix that? What were you taught about that in high school? Um, if you were in middle school or really elementary schools where they tend to talk a lot about that, I think you're too smart in high school to not see through it, but... Yeah, they probably talk about that in social studies. Yeah. It's definitely a subject. <laughs> uh, right. That's been a while ago. Uh, <laughs> right. I, oh, go ahead. You know, I, I can throw I some things out here. I don't think they'll be correct, but um, I think, you know, obviously, you know, Magna Carta, you could think about that in terms of, like, serfdom and feudalism. Um, right. That's a, that's a very important document. Um Although I would say in terms of trying to go more modern, I mean, think about the Industrial Revolution, but 
then again, you could also think that's a more modernized uh, system of of uh, serfdom, in a sense, because of um, you know the pay and the hours and stuff and what you were expected. I mean, right. You Basically, know. I'm sorry to cut you off. You were going farther with that. I kind of set you up there for something you weren't expecting. I feel kind of bad. No, you're fine. Uh, the answer I was going for and I was assuming was going to happen was a centralized government structure that protected the people. Um, um, was basically what I was going for there. But you were talking about fast food earlier, and the only thing I see to that is a class system. And personally, I believe a class system is basically natural. There's no way around it. Nobody's equal. If you want to believe everybody's equal, you're a fucking retard. Get the fuck out. I'm sorry. Not all of us are equal. We know too many people that aren't our equals. And I know too many people that are way above me and deserve to be way above me. We're talking about athletes at the very beginning of this that make millions and millions of dollars for doing a sport, throwing a fucking ball. But what percentage of us can actually do it on that level and draw a crowd that does it? Therefore, yeah. in my opinion, they deserve that amount of money because we're willing to pay them that. And that's fine with me. But when you start trying to fix something that is natural artificially, you're going to run into problems. And when people are told that these fast food workers are the bottom of the bar because it's no longer entry-level positions for high schoolers and the unskilled, it's the place where people end up that don't go to college, that kind of thing there. So they automatically see a fucking degenerate. And that's why I believe that you get looked down upon the way that you do automatically when you work in a fast food place. In between working at jobs, I've worked at several fast food places. I was the only guy that worked at the Taco Bell that I worked at that consistently got tips, consistently had people leave me money because I was constantly busting my ass there. And I had job offer after job offer until I found a job. And that's because I busted my ass and I standed out uh, against my peers. It was a really easy place for me to stand out against my peers because they all thought, well, I'm only making $8 an hour. I'm only gonna do $8 an hour of work. I have a mentality, I'm only making $8 an hour. I'm not gonna stay here. And some of them saw a way out and that's why they didn't give a fuck because they were also going to school. And some of them thought they were gonna be stuck there for the rest of their lives and didn't wanna to get too invested in it. And either way, that's their own prerogative. I saw, you know what, I got to bust my ass. I got to show somebody that I have more value than this. So I'm going to get out of here. I'm not this class of individual. But to say that people aren't that class of individual is to ignore the fact that people aren't fucking equal. And that's fine. But when you have an artificial minimum wage and things like that interjected into the system, it, it creates stereotypes. And instead of serfdom and all that kind of shit, now you have artificial classes built by Uncle Sam, essentially. And that's why I believe that we have the welfare system and everything we have now. It's completely corrupted the idea of the family union. It's done all of that shit instead of just letting the economy sort it out. And there's never been a class of people held down as long as they've been held down without a government in place to keep them down. And there might be people within that government that have the best of intentions, but when you've been educated by the same group of people that want to keep those places down so they can keep their positions and their money and their bankroll and all of that stuff there, they're going to believe the wrong things because that's what they were taught and they're going to continue that tradition. So I don't think like everybody in government is a, uh, is a shill. I believe a lot of them, I believe Bernie Sanders has the best of intentions. I believe my peers that like Bernie Sanders have the best of intentions, but they're not educated enough and they're not read enough and they haven't looked into it enough to see the ways out of it that aren't government, that aren't forcing your peers to pay for their bad decision making. And no matter what, what I'm getting at is just going to be those classes. I would just rather them be natural rather than artificial because when they're artificial, you have a pe group of people that's put down by another group of people rather than by their own decision-making, by their own actions, by their own work ethic. And if somebody's put down by their own work ethic, there's nobody else to look at but themselves. 
But when somebody's put down by the government or when you're afraid to walk through your neighborhood because either the cops are going to try and pop you for a dime bag or your neighbor's going to pop you because he needs the $15, what are you going to blame? And that's why you walk through your neighborhood. Don't you know you're the white boy? Don't you know you need to get the fuck out of here? I don't think that's because they're racist. I believe that's because they've only seen that. Exactly. And then, yeah, exactly. And how many times have they had something like that said to them in a different way? Exactly. Yeah. And as somebody who's been harassed by the police or called the police and not had any results or only had the police pursue them so they can make a dime off of them, I can tell you it's not really a race thing. It's a poor versus the people in power. It's the people without power versus the people in power. The people that get off aren't always white. There's the people that already have control and power. And as somebody that's been in that situation, I can tell you that I can relate to somebody that comes to me as, fuck you, white boy. I can generally be okay with them by the end of the day because I've been through the same shit, not because of the color of my skin, but because I don't have the money in my wallet, because I don't have the last name. I come from a small town, and in that small town, my last name didn't mean shit just because of family decisions. I can't do anything about that. But because of that, I can see their perspective, and I'm not angry at them about it, but generally I can relate to those people. And when you can't relate to those people, the only thought in your mind is that's a black guy that's angry and that's how he was born and raised. When you've came up and you're automatically in that that level of class and you believe it's because of your daddy's work ethic and not because it was Clinton, it, it is what it is. You know, you're not going to be educated enough on coming from that scenario to see that it's not because they don't get enough money handed to them. That's the powers that be want to stay, the powers that be. Yeah, ex exactly. And uh, yeah, the, the, I agree with you in the idea that the class system will never go away. It has been, as far as I can see, it has existed in every civilization and every culture since the dawn of time, really. Ever since we've been smart enough to organize ourselves and come together as groups, that has been what has happened. <laughs> There's always been Joe that just wanted to make enough to make enough bread that he could eat the next day. And that's fine if that's what Joe wants, but if Joe is kept at that because Uncle Sam says so, it's a little bit different. You mm -hmm. feel disenfranchised. Yeah, because I, I firmly believe that. Well, because I think we have, as a as a species, that human beings in general have completely lost our way. And I don't mean that as in like, oh man, the time twenty sixteen, we're fucked. I mean, <laughs> we like, forget we're animals. In hundreds, hundreds, <laughs> and hundreds of exactly, and you're going kind of right where I'm going with it. It was hundreds and hundreds of years ago that we started to make this mistake. And I, the, it, cities, to me, have, have kind of been, in, in a sense, a, a, it's been a double-edged sword. You know, because you, you get a lot of people together, you get a lot of resources together, makes your life easier. But I also, you know, our goal, if you think about it, so we are the top of the food chain, right? So the way I see it, your only job, your only purpose as a human being on this planet is to take care of your family and potentially and, and uh as far as we just go basic um you know you, you, it's your job to reproduce and to keep keep you know it, your job whatever but i mean that's that's what you have running around your subconscious so you, your job is to keep your family happy and healthy reproduce and then just keep the planet intact like so many of the things that we have gotten ourselves into if you would if you were able to take a step back and just sort of be like well how did we get here and there, there are so much, so much in this world that we don't need. Uh, I think most of us probably spend money on what we don't need. I talked about this last week with Lou. Uh, my reasoning for dropping out of, uh, well, for, I didn't initially drop out. I, I, when I dropped out, it was to take a, a position at a job. 
But when I left the marketing major, it was because I was getting taught how to convince you that you had to have shit that I knew damn well you didn't need, and I knew it would break in two years because my company built it to break in two years. <laughs> so you would come back and run to me and say, "I need the new one." And where you know, and and so and that's indicative of the, the giant problem. You know, we have really lost focus on what our job was. We had one fucking job, and we fucked it up royally. And our courts are so fucked up now that, like, I sold DirecTV, and you could lie, pretty much, basically. Even though they were in a contract, you could lie to them about what the prices were going to be, that kind of thing there, because they signed a contract blindly, basically. Mm. But same thing there. You buy a toaster, you expect it to work for several years. In my society, you would buy that, and it would come with a contract, essentially, and you would be able to sue against that. Yeah. But now, the court, it's so fucking expensive to go against the company, and the reason is is because those same company run the courts. Yep. Or the same companies have enough money to deal with the courts, and the reason those courts cost so much is because those same companies, through special interest, has inflated the court costs so high that they're the only ones that are able to deal with it. Why do you think car companies are the major uh, companies behind wanting to increase miles per gallon required by the EPA? That's not the EPA. That's car companies, and it's because they want to keep other companies from being able to rise up, and they know the cost to get there. But uh, Nate, you got some thoughts on that? I feel like we, we, we cut you out again for a little while. No, you're all right. I'm uh, um, I don't I don't know, honestly. <laughs> Do we we just like collectively pee in your Cheerios, so we kind of like ruined your your worldview now. <laughs> no, not quite. I just. I'm uh, I'm not comprehending it as much well because uh, to be honest, I'm pretty tired right now. Uh, that that that's fair, man. I mean, we we've we've kept you up pretty late. This initially, this was going to be a thirty minute. Yeah, dude, it's been but, two, two hours, hours to say the least. But um, I'm not mad about it. I think this is one of the best. No, you know, I, I I love I love Lou, and I wish he was here. That's the only thing that maybe would have made this a better part. This is one of the best ones that we've had. I think. But okay, well, I mean, we can sort. I mean, if you need to go to bed, we can wrap it up for you, man. I mean, we've got yeah. two hours here. Chances are, I'm going to get that pitch again and start recording. Record another one here in, in a day or two. I know Lou, Lou, and I will be back on Sunday, and RJ and I are going to be doing a spinoff here soon. It's, it's going to be it's going to be his his thing. I'm going to be just there with him. Yeah. Yeah, potentially. If if not, it'll be my thing, and he'll do it because we, we live together. So I can be like, "Hey, I'm about to record this podcast. You sure you don't want to do it?" <laughs> I'm afraid if I come into any of them, I'm going to be saying the same fucking things, and it's going to be three podcasts that you have to listen to to hear my opinion on everything. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll have to branch out. You know, we'll just start talking about things we don't know. But you know, Nate, I love having you on. I, I hope, I hope you were. I hope you liked this. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Uh, I did. I will say I'm not necessarily, you know, I didn't necessarily expect some of these topics, and I don't necessarily know anything per se about them. So, you know, I just have to sit back and listen. Um, like I said, probably an hour and a half ago, I don't necessarily think, you know, well ahead of time, or you know, not ahead of time, but you know, on the spot like that. Um, so, you know, that's why I was more just, you know, listening than, um, you know, saying anything really for a good chunk of the last part of that. 
And there, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we, we, none of us, none of the three of us thought that we'd go, but we covered so many topics tonight that, uh, honestly, a lot of them I have been just dying to talk about. Um, but we, we try to keep it light every once in a while, you know, most of the time to try to entertain people. But this at its core is really what the oh, kind yeah. of stuff that I like to talk about, because like this is the only way that you learn and grow is engage others and listen to the other the opposite end of the, uh, something other than your own opinion you got to listen oh, yeah. to it but oh, yeah. and this hey, is I, uh, go ahead. I, I do got one more thing I for some reason found this website called potatoparcel.com I don't know have you heard of it potatoparcel.com nope okay so basically this is what it is you can send either a message or you can upload a picture of yourself or somebody and they will put it on a potato and send it to that person. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That, that, oh man. So something we'll have to get into and I'll, I'll probably wait till Sunday to get into this with Lou, but I wanted to ask you guys quick if you heard anything about this. Have you guys heard about the Pokemon Go app? Yeah, yeah, I've been yeah. Did was it? Did it just get? Was it just available yesterday? Uh, I think today was actually the re release date for US, and I'm sure somebody's going to tell me I was wrong, but I think it was Australia and a couple other countries that got it yesterday. Yeah, so it's already like the number one downloaded app. Um, but there's a weird. I mean, for those of you, I barely understand it. I'm about to download it right here when we're done, but. Uh, it's got a, a bit of a virtual reality aspect, so you walk around and you see a Pokeball and you click on it and then all of a sudden it turns your camera on and that Pokemon is like in your room mm -hmm. and you have to catch it. But, so how does it work with the, uh, don't you have to go to certain places, RJ, to get Pokeballs? Right? So yeah, you can buy Pokeballs, it's a little bit freemium and I just started using it today like I said, but uh, it was super nostalgic. I, like When I booted it up this morning, because I saw on Facebook a couple of my friends downloaded it, somehow they were up before me. Like you get it and it's Professor or Elm or whatever the fuck his name is and the music starts playing he's like, this is your journey. And I gotta tell you, like the, the feeling of pure nostalgia that I had was pure ecstasy. It was insane just because I can remember the first time booting it up on my Game Boy Color. Yeah. But what you do like to get Pokeballs if you don't want to spend money on them is you go to different monuments, which I think is fucking sweet because it's going to get a bunch of nerds to lose some weight and it's going to get them interested in the world around them. But you have to go to churches. You were saying earlier, maybe police stations. Police stations are one, yeah. Um, but I saw a water tower. Um, I saw just different like uh, like monuments to different people that had died, that kind of thing in the neighborhood. Um, or while I was out traveling and stuff, and you go to those and you get I've your Pokeballs. I've seen a lot of uh, gyms. There, there was an article I read also, but a lot of gyms have ended up being in churches. And yeah, you no, know, it may be some more a joke here, but like uh, as a way of people to go and get you know find religion or something. I think <laughs> it's more a joke per se than you know like actual brainwashing. But you know, it's kind right. of. You know, <laughs> weird that that right exactly but it's weird and it's there and that honestly is because i haven't even fired it up yet i can't review it or anything what you just said is literally the reason that i wanted to, to bring this up just because it was, it was very entertaining there is uh 
a guy I share a cubicle with that is just obsessed with the game already. He was talking about it. You know how it is with cubicles. I mean, we've all seen them. There, it's like eight people sitting within ten feet of each other, so you hear everything everybody says. And I heard this lightweight, and I loved it because you know I experiment with you know researching uh, conspiracies, and these two were debating a conspiracy where you know one guy was saying, "Yeah, it's kind of fucked up that Pokemon Go." is having all these things that you, you can either pay for it or you can walk to your local church and get it for free. And that's like, holy shit, you know, why are they why are they trying to force religion on us? And then somebody else brought up the idea that, like, well, no, when Pokemon first came out, a lot of Christians called it, like, it was, it was satanic. And oh, yeah. That. And so Pocket so, monsters. It was scary. Yeah. And so they were just all like, maybe it's a big just middle finger to the church. It's like, yeah, because, you know, I mean, I don't imagine... There's a church right across the street. It's it's actually one. I went there today to get some Pokeballs yet. (laughs) Yes. So I'll just be able to get some Pokeballs every day before work. I'm not going to walk in the door. You don't have to. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I don't understand. You were saying people walked in the police station. I was like, why? You don't have to be that close to it. I was just going to show you on the app. People are smart. (laughs) But you have a radius around your character, and we're almost... And we lived basically a half block away from that church. We're almost close enough to be within that radius of it. Already, I see it. I I think they were doing it more as these are historical buildings. These are landmarks that aren't going away. These are going to be here no matter how long somebody's using it. And that's why it's monuments and churches and stuff like that. That that is probably the the reality of it. I I thought it was funny because... Here I am sitting listening to two people who I bet have never had a conspiracy talk in their <laughs> life. And here it was Pokemon, you know, and it's just like, all right, man, like, hopefully you don't go too far down that rabbit hole or you'll never come back. <laughs> you want to hand out tinfoil hats to right? everybody? I'm just going to start making some. But... That should be our first merch is the tinfoil hat. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Right away. I, I agree with you. I, mean, I, I need that notepad, man. Let's start taking those notes down. But Nathan... Our, our one listener that we had at least one live listener. I saw you out there. Um, you know, anybody who's going to be listening to this on SoundCloud later or on iTunes, you know, uh, we, we're on everything. Tune in, uh, Spreaker, Podbean, wherever you go to listen to stuff. You're already listening to this, so you probably found us. But anyway, Nathan, thanks again, man. Sorry to keep you up so late. No, I apologize I if I took away from the discussion you were supposed to have there, man. But I, it was a pleasure meeting you. I hope we can do it again sometime. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, eventually, you know, we won't necessarily be doing a Google Hangout through. I'll, I'll be there eventually. Yeah, there we go. And, and you and I will have this NBA conversation soon. Uh, Maybe, I mean, it might be for the best. We can let the dust settle a little bit because there's a whole lot going on. Um, we'll just say this. The Bulls are going to suck. They're going to suck next year. You know what? You can uh, you can fuck right off. <laughs> I will. I, I will. I'll fuck right off. Does Detroit have a basketball team? <laughs> I'm laughing not because they do. And I'm laughing just because I, I just like, well, Kinda. <laughs> That's my team for my pick. I don't know anything about basketball, but I'm going Detroit for the next whatever big game it is. No, I like it. We, we represent the entire Central Basketball Division because we're already in Ohio. The only thing we're missing, we need to find somebody from Milwaukee. So if you're listening to this and you're in Milwaukee, holler at me. That's the first time I've ever said that phrase. <laughs> but anyway, thanks. Get out of yeah, right. Yeah, don't know I'm white. Get out of this neighborhood. <laughs> and with that, 
I wish you all a good night, and we will see you next week.